This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves Kai Havertz. Well, who wouldn't? Uh, what a bloody week in the life of a Chelsea supporter. This time last week, we were celebrating a match-winning performance by Rhys James as Chelsea beat Burnley 4-0. This week, we're wondering whether Chelsea will remain in existence in the coming weeks. The bombshell news on the 117th anniversary of the foundation of Chelsea, no less, that Roman Abramovich had been sanctioned by the UK government changed everything. Right now, the club cannot sell us tickets, merchandise, deal with player contracts in or out, and some staff are being laid off. They've held a gun to our head, and it's now a case of sell the club or go bust. Now that was the backdrop to Chelsea's match against Newcastle on Sunday, while that and the huge media-driven toxicity focused on Chelsea supporters for having the temerity to support their club. Hardly surprising then that it was a dire match uh, where a much-improved Newcastle side under Eddie Howe cancelled out Chelsea. Well, I suppose that's better than being cancelled. And then in the 90th minute, Kai Havertz gave us a moment of sheer magic sending Stamford Bridge into raptures and giving Chelsea all three points. But this goal was worth far more than three points. It was the first thing Chelsea supporters had had to celebrate for days and it lifted the otherwise sombre mood. Away from the football, the supporters had gathered knowing they needed to be with each other at this desperate time. And in truth, just being together was all that was needed. As some wise person once said, the family that plays together stays together. (laughs) <laughs> Chelsea, it's true though, isn't it? I che- think that was about something else though, completely, wasn't it, Chidge? Well, only in your perverted mind, JK. You <laughs> I thought it was pray. I thought it was the family that prays together, stays together. Stays together. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where it came from originally. Do you know what yeah. I remember it from? This will really make you giggle. There's a there's a band called Spirit, and I'm sure they had an album of that title, or at least a song. Anyway, the title of this show tonight, very appropriately, is Chelsea One rest of the world nil 
Uh, and of course, it is Chelsea Fancast number 883. <laughs> and anyway, JK, we're still here. Chelsea's still here. No surrender. We ain't giving up. How are you? Good, good. As you say, it was a great relief having that scoring that goal, wasn't it? I, well, I celebrated far too loudly, and I think everybody else did. It was like a great outpouring, wasn't it? It was a uh, cathartic, was very cathartic, very very cathartic, and it was even more cathartic because he took it so wonderfully with the same foot that he controlled it with. Oh, what a brilliant goal that was! Um, but it took on an enormous significance. I found amidst all the the rather subdued crowd to an extent um, uh, who were, you know, we're, we're, we're taking it match to match to match, aren't we at the moment? But otherwise, you know, there was, I think everybody had talked all about it during the week. Everybody just talked about the game. There wasn't much discussion where I was about what would happen because mainly because the people I sit with had all phoned me during the week earlier to discuss it. So uh, I think that's, I don't know about you, Chaps on the uh, uh, well, on the show. Should, should, t- should we tell the listener who we've got on, JK? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I suddenly got. I thought it was just you and me for a moment. Sorry. Um, uh, well, I, 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 I am I am humbled and and honoured to be in their presence of <clears> both <throat> of these uh, great legends of not only the fan cast but of of Chelsea supporting the 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 perennial. It's the wrong word is perennial. The the constant that is. Uh, that is the brain, the the anecdotal wizard that is uh, Mr. Mark Meehan is with us tonight as well, who uh, who never fails to come up with an amusing, um, uh, the French call it astuce, a witticism that uh, um, uh, of a story that it just adds mm-hmm. the the cherry to the uh, to the cake. And of course, with him, uh, Mr. Gate Seventeen, of course, and I bow down to his. We all bow so, down. Right, we all bow down to his. <laughs> his so we all are all bowing down at this moment. To... <laughs> he's holding up. He's holding up a sticker saying "Keep calm." I'm a Chelsea fan. Actually, this is actually um, a placemat that was given to me me by True Blue Terry as a Christmas present. He looks like a sticker. Oh yeah, it's a Christmas present. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's rather rele- rather relevant at the moment. Keep calm. I'm a Chelsea fan. But he's of course Mr. Mark Worrell. Buonasera. There we go. We've got royalty with us tonight, JK. Bloody hell. Talk about being upstage. I don't know. So there we go. Great to have you both on board, boys. There's a, I mean, apart from the fact it's always lovely to see you, there's a, there is a very valid reason why I've got you both on, on this episode, which we will be revealing very shortly. Uh, because on the show tonight in part one, we're going to look at Tuchel's team selection because that's what we always do. Uh, I might throw something else in there before that, actually. But uh, we're going to ask, were we bad? Were Newcastle good? Or did we cancel each other out? Uh, should Havertz have been red carded for elbowing Byrne? I think he should have been given a medal personally, but there we go. Uh, should the ref have been given a penalty for Chaleba's clumsy challenge? And talking of referee David Coote, I'm sure that's a misspelling. Uh, is he another bad referee in a long line of them? In part two, we discuss Werner and Lukaku competing to see who is the most inept with a football. Uh, and we ask or we discuss how the subs helped uh, Kovacic, especially. Uh, we applaud Havertz for coming to the rescue and we discuss the importance of the win and the emotional release that ensued. Now, uh, as I was saying a minute ago, in part three, Marco and Mark are going to talk to us all about the release of the Newgate 17 book, Tales from the Shed. Uh, the profits of which will be going to the Big Stamford Bridge, Bridge Sleepout in aid of Stoll veterans. Uh, we'll also have our fannies for uh, the usual man of the match, Guinness and salary moments. And we've got some emails to read out. And then to wrap it all up, uh, 
we're going to uh, preview the Lille versus Chelsea Champions League match, which, of course, is on Wednesday night. We will be back in a second. Welcome back. This is, of course, the Chelsea Fancast, and it's time to talk about the Chelsea-Newcastle match. Um, what I wanted to talk about uh, first, and uh, I'll, I'll go to Marco. <clears throat> Excuse me. There'll be a lot of this tonight. I've got the, the back end of a chest infection, so my, my voice is not at its normal, uh, you know, uh, kind of steadfastness, for want of a better word. Um, yeah, Mark and Marco. Mark, Mark first, because uh, as we probably know, I, I couldn't be there on Sunday because I had this chest infection. Of course, it was my dad's funeral on Friday and I was trying to avoid people. So I avoided people and managed to get ill. So work that one out. But um, I was really pissed off, actually, Mark, at not being there yesterday because you just know, don't you, as a, as, a, as a long, as a legacy fan, I suppose, old git is another way of putting it. You kind of know when you need to be there. And I really did feel uh, yesterday was a match that you really needed to be there for. And I was, I felt really, I, I, I remember being a bit misty-eyed and sending you all kind of silly messages on Twitter with little hearts saying, I miss you guys, because mm-hmm. I kind of did, because I really felt I needed to be there. Mm-hmm. We, we needed to come together. What was the mood like at the stall? Because you're always at the stall, which is a great focal point for Chelsea supporters. What was the mood like before the match, mate? Um, well, it was busy very early. Um, um... I think I was there, I don't know, around probably quarter to nine. Um, I mean, obviously, it was a two o'clock kickoff, but it was busy and, and there were visitors from um, various media outlets from uh, places as far apart as um, Australia and Israel. Um, yeah, so, and then, yeah, I mean, people just came to hang out by the stall and sort of stick around rather than wander off to the pub and there were sort of some gatherings and many discussions uh, ongoing throughout the, the morning and early afternoon. Um, but it, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was buzzing. Um, so, yeah, no. It's kind, kind of a sense, isn't there, really, you know, that, that that's, that's, that's very Chelsea in a way, you know, in adversity. I think you, you quite often see us a lot at, at our best. And I, I mean, talking of being at our best, Mark. Uh, I'm, so I'm going to just for, so you know, Marco and Mark. Otherwise, we'll get confused. But uh, Mark, you were very, very busy, and I was again a a wall from uh, a very important day in the trust history because you lot were at Kona Kai, weren't you? Doing good work. Tell me how that worked out. What uh, wasn't just at Kona Kai? Like I, I was running around like a blue ass fly yesterday. Uh, had a meeting with the club um, pre that. Uh, then went to Kona Kai, and then, and I, I think you saw it on Sky TV, apparently at that key moment when Sky TV were <laughs> flashing the camera onto the sort of Supporters Trust banner, which highlighted the importance of the golden share. I, I walked over, shook hands with everyone, put my big head in the way. <laughs> yeah, I, you see, because the thing is, Mark, I, I, I was, you know, able to watch all of that un, 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 untypically. So I immediately got on the Slack group, said, bloody Mians walked straight in front of the bloody banner <laughs> just at the crucial shot when they were on Sky. But uh... but it, it, it was it was remarkable and everybody was there. And, you know, Marco's right. 
the amount of journalists from different countries, and I, I take my hat off to Dan uh, and to Tim yesterday for all the camera stuff they did with various t- TV crews. I got the foreign media gig, so I, w- I was talking to a number of French journalists yesterday, and clearly their English was far better than my O-level 1979 French. But, yeah, it was, it was incredible, like the buzz there, um, the support from people. We did say if any members want to come along and chat to the Trust... And, and I think I think we succeeded in what we set out to do. And I think what we set out to do is sort of drive some messages home. Obviously, fundamentally, the government must resolve this situation as, as quickly as possible. It's just ridiculous. But also as transparently as possible. We'll wait and see on that one. Uh, obviously, we made a great emphasis on the Tracy Couch fan-led review uh, and the importance of the golden share, which we talked about on um, Friday night's show. Uh, the importance of the CPO very much rammed home you know, a really good example and, and fair, fair play to the French journalists I spoke to. They clearly, like a good, proper journalist, they'd done their research. So I didn't have to explain what CPO is. They did understand. They'd looked into what a golden share was. They'd looked into what a crouch review. Some of our English journalists could take a bit of note from their French counterparts in doing research to get, get the right story. And I think also as well as that importance, you know, it, it might have felt like a bit of end of era with Roman Abramovich's tenure coming to an end but really emphasising to everybody we spoke to yesterday, whether fan or media, the importance, this is the next chapter in securing a sustainable future for Chelsea Football Club. You know, so, yeah, a, a very eventful day. I think people put the hours in and the shift in, probably earned a pint after, after the game yesterday. Uh, but, you know, all in all, a uh, very good day, a good day for the Trust. I think they probably saw an expansion of their membership even further. And I imagine it'll probably be a, another continual busy week this week yeah. uh, but most important part as we said all along it was what's happening on the pitch as well so delighted obviously to beat the Geordies with a late 1-0 victory yeah definitely it was a, a much needed day which we'll get on to later JK I, I obviously want to talk to you about the team selection but also um, I mean actually I think quite an interesting perspective because of course you know you, you sit in Aussies as we know and you know, there's been a lot of talk about Chelsea having to lay people off, not being able to do this, not being able to do that. Was was it was was it a bit austerity driven in Aussies yesterday, or was it business as usual? Business as usual, absolutely normal. Same people, same uh, greeter. There's always a um, uh, uh, normally an, a dancer or an actress in a blue dress greets you, gives you your program. She's Teach lovely, the by the way. I like her, Deborah. Yeah, she's very good. Very good fun. She'd just been up for a medical commercial, she said, where she had to talk about catheters, which I said, very nice of you to share that with me. Thank you. And, um, uh, but no, it was, it was absolutely the norm. It was bizarrely, um, I felt slightly, it was, it was like the band playing on the Titanic. I did get that feeling. Um, I don't know why I did, but I did. I thought, oh, there's nothing changed at all here. There was, there was just turn up, you know, have a, have a meal, go and watch the football, and uh, have a chat. Um, uh, Colin Pates and Johnny Bumstead came over and chatted. And um, uh, I gave, I'd given Johnny Bumstead a copy of my dad's book and he, he, he came to thank me for it. He loved it and because he watches talking pictures all the time. For those not knowing, my dad was a, a very well-known actor and he, I, I've, there's a, I've published a first volume of his um, memoirs and I gave a copy to to our great ex-midfield player, um, uh, Johnny Bumstead. And uh, they're a good pair, Patesy and, uh, and, and, and Bummers. 
and uh, um, they, they're a good double act and they were they were lovely um, and whether they got sent round to you know just to 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 g us up a bit or just you know um, but they, they they occasionally come in you know and like all, all the ambassadors I don't think they got paid actually though I think they still came round that was the impression I got so perhaps that was um, um, I think that may be um, an example of of the club not being able to give wages out I think they kept, did it anyway um, I'm not sure about that because they are on the payroll. I think they are, but perhaps they are. I got, I don't know. I just heard perhaps him say, no, we haven't been paid for this one. I don't know yet. I can't verify that. I just, I, he made a joke about it, actually. Perhaps he was Colin Pace and mucking about. But yeah, uh, and we, you know, uh, you couldn't tell, actually, that there, other than the atmosphere, which, as I said, was subdued, I felt, and then the outpouring of relief at the goal for many other reasons, Um uh, it was it was absolutely business as usual. Good. Yeah. Mark, you wanted to pop in? Oh, yeah, just a couple of things. Did you get any spare programmes, JK? <laughs> yeah, you put, I noticed you put a note asking me for a proggy. Yeah. <laughs> and would you believe they had a very they had very few? Because <laughs> they're all on eBay. Today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all on eBay is twenty five quid. And um, in, in fact, in fact, somebody's told me they were already on eBay for twenty five quid, and they hadn't even been given out yet. More than. <laughs> So, uh, Did you um, get one for you though? I got one for me, but uh, but um, it was it was weird how uh, no they they had a limited stock and they only gave it gave us one per person because normally you can go afterwards and get some. But no, Mark, I'd, if I had more, I'd give them to you. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing was get. I don't know. I know it was a slow burn yesterday. I didn't <laughs> think it was necessarily subdued. I th- I thought at times the crowd were excellent, and I, I always take the litmus test because sometimes it is a quiet part of the ground, like the West Low and the West Upper. But the noise coming out, because I sit near to yeah, that stand where my seat is, and I thought the noise coming out of the West Low and West Upper yesterday was superb. Well, I, but I felt it was it was always instigated by the Geordies. I felt it was always a response. I didn't feel there was anything particularly spontaneous. You know, I didn't... I, I, that was the impression I got, and because, um, you know, there was some... Some good jeepery, as you might say. They were very game. They were very game, weren't they? They were very game. But they were. Uh, you, uh, I, you know, it gets irritating. I always think of an opposition um, um, lot of being irritating. They're doing really well, and they just did not stop all the way through ninety minutes worth. And well, you know, I take my hats off to them yeah. for doing. That. Rob, you know, but, the, but there was a highlight, J.K. Yesterday when they were when they were seeing like Mike Ashley's coming for you. Yeah, yeah. And the response back straight. Away, like Boris Johnson's coming for you, I thought was very funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there was some good badinage, wasn't there? They're they're a bit cocky, the Geordies, aren't they? Anybody would have thought that they've been just been taken over by a very rich person or something. But hey, pride comes before a fall. Right, let's talk about the team. Um, Aspie, uh, Reese, James were both out, as was Hudson and Joy, Adoy, and uh, Alonso still out because he had COVID, I think, didn't he? Or he was ill. He was, well, he was on the bench. He, he was, was on the, the bench. He made the bench. So He made that, the bench. That's yeah. good. Um, which meant, interestingly enough, and he was bemoaning this, wasn't he, really, um, that he just didn't have enough players to play in the right or left wing-back position. So he opted for 4-3-3, which I'm not massively averse to, particularly as it meant that Mount, uh, Mason Mount got to play in midfield, which I'm actually quite a fan of. Uh, but he had Saar and Rudiger, Christian and Chaloba, which is no... It's not too shabby. Uh, Mount Jorginho and Kante, equally not too shabby. And Ziyech Havertz and Werner up front. Uh, less said about that, the better. But, I mean, I don't I don't think that was a, a bad starting level. I quite like the old, the idea of a 4-3-3, Marco. 
Yeah, I, I must admit, uh, the whole game, uh, the, the lineup, I thought was good. Um, and I think I must have been watching a different game. He's, he's caught your disease, Mark. <laughs> so somebody bang him, bang him on the head or something. <laughs> to whom? To me. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I was, um, yeah, sort of captivated by the game. Really, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's kind of one of those. I think, I think maybe there was. A, I think if I'd have been there, I'd have been. I think a lot more into it than I was watching it on the telly. That's for sure. Because I think there is that sense. I mean, that's why I was so gutted to miss it. That this is the that could be the last game we see before everything really, really changes. I mean, I know there's already a lot of changes, but remember that, you know, all the tickets had already been sold, so there was nothing different about that. Okay, the merchant, you know, the Nike store was shut, but I don't think I've been in there for about three years. You know, so nothing will ever be quite the same again, and that was the last time to savour it, you know, before it really does all change, I suspect. So I can understand why people were up for that. I mean, the thing is, JK... I mean, you were, as you always do in your fan bite, you absolutely nail on flaming head, mate. But it did, it did kind of. You alluded to this in it, and it, and it did get me thinking, because it would be very easy to say that we were shit yesterday. I don't think we were. I actually think Newcastle were pretty good, and I think it was pretty much a stalemate because of the way that Eddie Howe organises his team. And I think you really did that justice in the fan bite yesterday. Thank you. No, no, I, I. I... I remember Bournemouth being quite tricky to play against a few years ago when they had some decent... Um, when they beat was 4-0. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, then. Per- perfect example. Um, but no, they just seem to play the same way, which is they all, they pressed madly and uh, uh, and are a bit and are niggly and um, break the game up a lot. And uh, um, and it's, it's, it's not often direct. It's more... He tries to play a passing game. He's a decent manager. That's always been the case. And he's managed to get, he's managed to use the same word, to get um, uh, the tune playing uh, in a very similar way with with possibly better players. I think that's one of the reasons. But they were very difficult to play against. I also think um, some players had had very, were very off. Um, at Mace, um, you know, all, all his dead ball kicks were dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. You know, you can't play at this level. Having played brilliantly against Norwich, um, uh, and I suppose that was partly because Dave was playing and they got on so well down the right-hand side. But, um, uh, you know, one corner went too long, one corner hit the first man, and um, one free kick went all the way. I mean, he just thought, come on, mate, come on. You, This is what you... You are the you are the dead ball taker, supposedly. I think then Zayek took over, actually, after that. I have to say, I thought Zayek playing wing-back had a very good defensive game indeed. And um, uh, I, I, we were talking about the selection. We didn't think he'd play, did we, Chid? Because we thought that he'd, he'd play Captain America earlier on and um, because he'd been playing regularly. But no, he gave Zayek a go, which, which, he, which he hasn't done. He hasn't, that wasn't normally what he does. He eases them in. Um, so uh, perhaps it because he thought he'd play, he'd play that wing-back position better. And he did. He was very impressive, the amount of work he got through. And they did play well out of defence because they were really putting in some some hefty challenges. And, of course, then you have to fold in the idiocy of the referee um, who it makes it complicit. You know, it's that, it's that thing. If the referee is ignoring the fouling, um, he, he aids the team that is fouling. Uh, and he managed to do that. And uh, I, I just don't... I know we'll get on to the ref eventually, but I, do, I don't understand how 
naive they all are when they're they're pro refs in the Premier League. I, I'm I'm bemused by it. But um, uh, who else? We 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 thought Silver would play, didn't, didn't we, Chidge? Well, we hinted he might actually not because he might give him a rest for Lille. But we didn't think that um, Christensen would play in the central position. And he's it's interesting to compare Christensen and Silver because Silver. Um, you forget how immaculate his passing is, as well as his his ability to to just snuff out attacks. And Christensen took about seven um, touches before passing the ball in a way that that Silva doesn't. Um, and and so it struck me that Christensen is a much better player uh, on the right hand side than he is playing centrally. And um, uh, Chalabar did. I've got this thing about Chalabar, which is he always seems to make one big mistake per game, despite his being excellent. He's excellent and then makes a, a there's a real rick somewhere. And we had the penalty moment where, because um, uh, we'd had the punching the ball in the Norwich game, where I don't understand how the referee didn't give a penalty. But you know, in this instance, I was pleased. Um, but who else did we have playing? Um, we didn't think, did we, Chidge, that Jorginho would play? We thought that Kovacic would play. Because um, uh, he played well against Norwich, but um, but no, he cho- cho- chose Jorginho and then had the partnership of uh, of Jorginho and uh, and Kovacic later on, and Co- and Kovacic came on and was excellent again. So uh, it, it wasn't really what we thought it was going to be that selection, well, and certainly not certainly not four three three. I didn't see that no, one indeed, coming. Indeed, but but indeed. I, I mean, he did say he said he said that he did that because he didn't have, you know, t- Thomas Tuchel. Given a choice, I think would always play four, four, three, four, three with wing backs. But if he hasn't got anybody to play in the yeah. wing backs, then he then he will go for three, three. Mark, you you had uh, your hand up like a good schoolboy. Yeah, um, I was going to say some of the things J.K. said. Like um, I think we got eight of the side predicted right on Friday. I think the three players we didn't choose were Christensen, Jorginho, and Ziyech. I think they were the three we we didn't go for. I actually went, although I was a romantic hoping for a 4-0, I actually went for 1-0 in the Prem predictions. I, I think partly because, you know, I think Howe is a, doing a good job at Newcastle. I don't think they had much ambition to win the game, but I think he well, did. No, they were set up, absolutely, Mark. They were set up to do, for a draw. Yeah. He didn't play Fraser and he brought on Fan Maximum later on. And they've both been playing regularly for them, yeah. And of all the players, uh, you know, I do like at Newcastle. I think San Maximum is a really exciting player. So the fact they only brought him on with 20 minutes ago, maybe that was an attempt to try and sneak a win. But I didn't think they showed enough ambition to win the game. But actually, they look quite solid. And they've got some big blokes, you know, playing for them now. They've got a bit of steel to that Newcastle side, especially, was it, I think, did Havertz describe him as eight foot tall? You know, yeah, the burn. giant at the back, you know, they got from Brighton. Brighton, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, actually, because he calls us trouble when he played for Brighton. But Marco... Um... I'll be honest with you. I mean, I saw it on TV, so slightly different view from you lot. But um, I didn't think I didn't. I thought it was yellow. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I don't think that Havertz went in to elbow him in the chops. I think what I saw on the TV was that he went up as you do. You know, when you jump, you kind of do have to put your arms up to get some leverage. And actually, what I saw was Burns' arm got underneath. Um, you know, uh, Havertz's armpit, which kind of helped him to leverage it up and whack him in the face. I mean, clearly he got a big smack because he had a massive uh, bump on his head afterwards and it wasn't very nice. But I tell you what, mate, bloody Jamie Redknapp at half-time was wetting himself in, tra- in terms of trying to, you know, saying it should have been a red card. But what did you think from good old Gate 17? <clears throat> well, it's kind of... It's kind of- 
replays. And um, I think Havertz is kind of, um, I don't know, he, he could be, he could be related to Peter Crouch, couldn't he? He sort of got that gangly, um, sort of awkward physique to him. Um, you know, he's just all limbs, isn't he? He goes up and, uh, you know, and the bloke hasn't got a malicious bone in his body. So it's not like he's, in a, he's particularly aggressive as, as an individual. So he had the benefit of... The player to be sent off it's interesting actually i, I mean I, I you say he hasn't got a malicious bone in his body but i do think he's got a bit of edge to him actually kai Havertz. i don't think he's he's he's, he's not shy and going forwards jk you wanted to, to to come in yeah the um my ref's hat on when i was taught refing um the the the, the old venerable man who, who always said he said if if a player goes for the ball legitimately he will look for the ball uh, and uh, if, if he's going to commit a foul, he will always attempt to um, look at the person he's going to punch in the face or put his elbow in. And in this instance, I thought he, he, his, uh, his eyes were completely glued on the ball all the way through. And as you say, um, he, he leapt up to, uh, uh, he has to put his hands up in order to get actually up there. And I didn't see an action from the elbow going into into Burns' face. Mm -hmm. I didn't see an act, you know, I didn't see him try and plant one on him. I just saw him go up. And uh, and I think the- And it was right there. in front of you as well, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, in fact, I'm afraid I abused Burn for um, for going for him. I thought Burn had gone for Havertz. And uh, when he lay on the ground, I was a bit um, um, uncharitable. And I kept saying, uh, you know, it, uh, in fact, I was very, I was uh, very annoyed with Coot for giving um, Havertz a yellow card because, and I, my, my express, my expressed the, that image, did that, that view to the people I was with, that he didn't look to me. He looked all the time as he was going for the ball. And I was actually with the, the, uh, the legend that is Ron was sitting next to me and Ron has played football with Johnny Bumstead and, uh, and he's a mate of his. And he said, he said exactly the same thing. He said, no, his eyes were on the ball. He said he went for the ball all the way through it. He didn't, and he didn't attempt it. It just happened to be, he went up and they collided and his arm hit him in the face. He said that wasn't a foul at all. In fact, he didn't think it was a yellow card. Yeah. And, I, I, and I don't think it was a yellow card either. And that's what I, I shouted. It was just two people coming together um, who had already been battling it out. They'd already had a bit of, uh, a bit of afters with each other. So uh, as you say, he's, he's, he's not shy in coming forward. Haven't? And he'd, he'd already, they'd, they'd, left, they'd left stuff on each other already, both yeah. of them. Disappointingly, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who... I mean, you know, he was a striker who liked to use his elbows, as I recall. He thought that uh, that Havertz had done him oh. at half time. I was a bit disappointed with that because I'm with you, J.K. I don't think he did. And I think the interesting thing, Mark, was that, you know, because we had... And why did we have to put up with Spitty Carragher as the punditry or the co-commentary? Why? Just fuck off already. Anyway... So they had Carragher on there, and the first thing that That's he why you need to come to games again. I know, mate. It's well, mate. I can't wait. I'm, I'm well. My uh, my return, the return of the Chidge, is uh, going to be for the Brentford game because, of course, Ooh. now typically we don't have a bloody home game for weeks. But uh, yeah, Brentford, and I, I'm going to stay up that night, mate. I might do that hotel I stayed in last time and get absolutely shit faced all day. <laughs> Watch out, West London. Anyway, God. um, yeah. So where was I? Um. 
Yeah. Uh, You're agreeing with me. You're agreeing with me. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, Carragher was saying, oh, 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 that's worse than what Sonio Mane did to uh, Aspilicueta. And it, it bloody absolute wasn't. Absolute rubbish. I mean, Mane rubbish. was an absolute... Un- I mean, he went, he, he looked at Aspi to see where he was coming, yeah. watched him yeah. come, and then yeah. whacked his elbow into his face. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't get <clears> a red <throat> card for that. I mean, Carragher, you fucking red-tinted, biased wanker. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, but it's just ridiculous. And I'm going to lose my voice if I get a bit excited like that again, so I'm going to shut up. Um, the other one, the other one might have been a little bit, a little bit less, less uh, clear cut. I mean, I have to be honest, Mark. I, I, I did think, I did think that that. Put it this way: you've seen penalties like that given for 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 Chaleba. And it was where I sit uh, in the Matthew Harding it was right in front of me, um, and I think there was two two bits to it. I thought, and I've not seen it on TV. I, di- I didn't watch Match of the Day last night. I thought he pulled, Chalabar pulled his shirt. I yes. thought that, yeah, I thought that was the first connection. But then he went for the ball and he seemed to put the ball out for a corner and the ref gave a corner. And uh, the Newcastle forward, whose name was. Excuse me. I just thought he dived. You know? Yes, he did. I think he did on dive. the first offence, yeah, I think the first offence of pulling the shirt. That in itself is a foul in the box. So I think he was lucky to get away with that. But I, but I thought he got the ball and he put it out for a corner because the ref gave a corner. So, yes, I, I'd probably say it probably was a penalty. But a bit lucky on that one. Mm. I, th- I think the other thing about you coming back on Brentford, I think is good news for the local economy. Because <laughs> yeah, I had concerns. <laughs> I, had, I had concerns with the pubs around Stamford Bridge you know, with a falling taken. If you're coming back, you know, the landlord of South West City <clears throat> delighted. Well, maybe, maybe we should all have a curry afterwards or something. <laughs> you know, that might be a nice idea. Yeah, get that's a, a good us, idea. Yeah, get a yeah. few of us together, go and have a... Because otherwise, I'll... I mean, you know, the thing is, I, you know, if, I, I haven't had a proper drink for ages either. So, you know, uh, driving up and driving back is not going to be on the menu. And I quite like staying in that hotel the last time. Uh, which was actually the last time I had a proper drink, which was with you lot for the Tom Robinson gig, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, so I think I, it was quite fun staying up there. So I, I might do that. And, yeah, so if I'm going to stay up, then we might as well have a curry. Because as, as we all know, Mark is uh, almost like kind of uh, um, loco parentis when we go out for a bevy. Because when we had our party, it was Mark who made sure we had lots to eat at about 7 o'clock, having been drinking since 12. And it did actually I have help. To look, I have to look <laughs> Father Mark. The health and well-being of my fellow fan cast. Yeah, he was very, very good. Um, so you know, Chaloba, Mark thinks it was a penalty. I have to be honest to say, I think it was. Mark, what do you, Marco? What do you reckon, mate? Well, here's the thing. So, in from where I was sat, I thought there's no way that's a penalty. And then I got home and I saw the the TV replay, and I thought, fuck me, whatever's <laughs> a penalty all day long. Um, so yeah, there's there's. Uh, that's the way I saw it. Not a penalty in the ground. Defo pen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. I yeah. don't know how he got away with well, that. He, I don't know. Well, I, I think I know actually, Marco. And Jonathan's going to explain. David Coote is atrocious. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, but in this instance, it, 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 the VAR guys, the VAR, the team, the VAR team sitting or watching their monitors from the different angles they're atrocious as well because in fact it was a pen just purely on him pulling his shirt that's a that's a penalty <clears throat> and you're absolutely right mark he then threw himself to the ground because he just stepped across him he didn't actually tackle him he just put his foot across him but he he fell over 
um, and it, it I, I, you wonder whether because he threw himself to the ground, whether um, they all at VAR made a, you know, went, oh, well, no, he's, he's dived. So therefore we're not going to give it. But Chalabar for the first two, I don't know, for the first two controllings of the ball that he did, pulled his shirt, which I, I don't understand why Chalabar did that. Because it's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's a penalty. The very fact that they didn't, um, they didn't give it is just absolutely atrocious. Um, uh, you can suppose forgive Coot for not seeing it from wherever he was, but VAR missing it is just an absolute joke. So I, I you know, I, I, I'm, I, I can be, I'm not going to be biased towards our team and say, no, no, it definitely wasn't a penalty because he died. But for me, um, just looking at it as a as an incident um, and being objective, it was definitely a penalty, and I don't understand why why VAR didn't give it. I can forgive Coot for that. I cannot forgive Coot for just this constant fouling that they did, breaking and the diving game. all over the place, diving, diving all over the place, and him not giving. He only gave um, uh, yellow cards for sort of big moments, like you know, so the attack being broken up by somebody chopping somebody down he didn't pay any attention to the niggly fouls of which they're supposed to be you know every three the idea is is you you warn somebody and then the next one you you book them and it, it just went on and on and on you just like how many more and as you say the flinging themselves to the ground over the smallest amount of contact it's just the naivety well i don't know what he's doing he has he reft properly has he reft what level has he reft that to end up with this, the the idiocy of not giving, of, of giving a foul when it wasn't, and not giving fouls when it was, or just not noticing that the the man fouling is not the same man who did the foul a few moments ago, you know. So therefore, it's they're all spreading it about. I mean, come on, it's so ridiculously obvious what's going on, and slowing the game down, the sodding time wasting, the the taking ages to take a throw in and taking it from the wrong place. Uh, and then adding two minutes on, you just—it's so predictable. It, I, oh, oh, what is the matter with them? I, what is the matter with these complete dicks? For fuck's sake! Well, <laughs> Jonathan, I, I've got to say, after our conversation on Friday's show, I'm now a bit worried about whenever you launch into a referee rank. I'm now expecting a nuclear missile to appear <laughs> any minute and and, and vaporise us. So somebody said. You know, didn't they? If we get vaporised, it'll be in the middle of one of your referee rants. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I hope not. I hope not. And I hope it doesn't come very soon because we've got another three parts to go yet on this show. But before we get into part two, uh, my uh, weekly plug for the absolutely wonderful uh, CFC UK fanzine. Of course, there are three uh, contributors to the uh, fanzine on the show tonight, and one of whom is the uh, the editor in well I don't know you you well, you do more than just write for it Marco don't you you got uh... Uh, no 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 yeah. Dave's uh, Dave's all uh, encompassing as far as the production okay uh, I th- I knew he was I know he's the shed editor but I mean I, I thought uh, you did no. a little bit more than that okay uh, no. okay fair enough well um <clears throat> there is a there is a relatively new one out um it's on my desk somewhere um. But uh, did he do a real roaring trade yesterday in lieu of no official programs? By the yeah, way, yeah, he did. He sold out. Did he? Um, yeah. And and the weird thing was because um, the way the fixtures fall, the only stock that we brought, even though it was a new fanzine yesterday, um, or for a home game, it was a new fanzine. Um, there was only enough stock there that Dave thought he would sell because there's a new. 
um, which was, uh, yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. So it all went. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But uh, in fact, actually, that, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, you know, obviously um, everybody knows you can go and pick one up at the store before a match at home. But uh, um, if you want to get one when they run out uh, at, the, at the games, then you should subscribe, you see, and uh, then you make sure and you guarantee you get your copy. Um, if you're in the UK, it'll cost you 16 quid to subscribe for a year. Uh, if you're in the rest of the world, 45 quid. And if you're in Europe, 35 quid. And you can subscribe by going to fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, if you want a digital version rather than a hard copy, it's only six quid for a season, and that will be sent to you as a PDF. Uh, but there you go. So send all your details to fanzine at cfcuk.net, and uh, you can pay by PayPal. Right, we'll be back in a very short time. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge. And I'm joined by Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. Marco Worrell. Buonasera. And uh, the lovely Mark Meehan. Good evening, good people of Mixler. There we go. Heavy hitters in tonight. Now, um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know if this is worse at home watching it on TV or or uh, or actually in the stadium. I, possibly, possibly worse in the stadium. I don't know. But God love him, Werner. Jesus, I mean, I, I mean, I, what what more can be said that hasn't already been said? But um, I don't think I've ever seen a footballer of this kind of standing who is so inept with a football at his feet. And of course, the the coup de gras was the uh, moment when I can't even remember who it was now. Possibly Jorginho pumped a ball forward, and he actually, my God. Saints preserve us. He wasn't offside. Uh, and he, all he had to do was to bring the ball down. Yeah. Now, I couldn't have done it because I am certifiably shit at football. But he is a professional footballer. It should not be beyond his ability to have brought that ball under control and popped away a goal. What does he do? He lets it bounce on his upper thigh and it dribbles away i mean jk i mean of course it was nil nil then i was apoplectic with rage and of course if he if he wasn't missed controlling the ball he was offside as usual unbelievable mate in fact there was another one which was very similar to the um to the havertz goal that he failed miserably to control and he went off for a goal kick a long ball was put through <clears throat> so uh um he just let every he let he he looked at his most apologetic it's it's like the little boy who uh, is last to be picked in the playground, and you have to pick him just because he's uh, there. Are, there are twelve of you, and he's the twelfth, and he just looks as if he's—I don't know—he looks overwhelmed on occasions. 
and as you say, his first touch is just absolutely useless. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how. What, what, what he does. We were bemused that he was, he was there for the whole of the second. Well, for the when he till he was substituted, he was there at the beginning of the second half. But he tends to sub, make his substitutions on sixty minutes, so he sort of gives them a chance. But um, we were hoping, weren't we, that after the Luton game, that after that excellent bit of control and the way he took the goal, and the way he then played with Lukaku, that he would. This was a turning point. But no, we've gone, we've gone back again, and he he bottled the, a couple of tackles as well, and was at his complete worst. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what we don't know what the future is for any of them, if um, uh, unless the sale comes through quickly. Uh, but I, I, I for one, don't understand how he gets selected. I'm afraid. Well, uh, you know, there is a, I mean, bless his heart, there is something inherently likable about. Timo Werner isn't there Marco which perhaps makes me forgive him more than than others I mean I know he puts in a lot of effort and and you know all all through the ages Chelsea fans have always applauded a a ship player who puts in a lot of effort but I I just I I do I just can't understand it because you know the only thing I can think of mate is maybe you know he's got like the golfer's yips or something or it's just complete and utter deficit in confidence because he because I mean, he's Sunday league level in terms of his ability to not control a football. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like reminds me of when um, Scherler was playing for Chelsea and, and, and Salah to a certain extent. It's almost like it's the, the, the pressure of playing for Chelsea has got into their heads yeah. um, and they just overthink everything um, and just basically bottle it I mean he couldn't trap a bag of cement I mean we, we that 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 passage of play that you're talking about where Chelsea played out defense and the ball was passed up oh, that was brilliant 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 passing yeah. wasn't it yeah you, you, you killed Marco mate his, his, his stream stopped because you butted in because I butted in I'm I sorry he'll wake up in a minute I think there you go <laughs> Um, oh, your internet connection is unstable. Yeah, we, we, I know it has been all evening, mate. Is it, we um, just, we just said that JK had killed you by butting in. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating to watch now. And to be honest with you, um, I think we were all getting. Telephone has been disconnected. He's not normally. Well, he's, he's, oh, you're back. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Go on. Carry on. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> Very annoying. Uh, he's not. I was going to say, Mark, his, 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 his connection's normally pretty good. Your connection's well dodgy tonight, Marco. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's normally really good there. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's just put on Mixler. Are you on three mobile? <laughs> I'll tell you what, the funniest thing, I happened to be, um, I was looking on Twitter, I think it might have been on, I don't know when it was, it was, maybe it was on, and somebody, had, what, I think it was when, wherever it was that Hyundai had decided they were pulling their sponsorship, and somebody somebody tweeted, yeah, that that'll that'll go off on Trustpilot, and then I went and had a look on Trustpilot, and there's all these reviews, one star reviews saying shit car. I'm going back to Toyota. 
and all this stuff. <laughs> and then and then I thought, oh, I wonder what they've done for three. And then on the three trust pilot page, it said this page is currently suspended because of um, the 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 detrimental uh, posts. In, you know, there was some some um, piece of PR nonsense that was on there. But all, basically, all the sponsors that have um, sort of pulled their uh, sponsorship temporarily or whatever had all got one-star reviews on Trustpilot by, by the sack load. And then I think Trivago announced that they were maintaining theirs. And somebody put, fantastic holidays. I'm going with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's good. I think there's going to be a reckoning, actually, and I don't think that's a bad thing, actually. You know, but I, I, I think, I, th you know, and this, I think this goes for for the media as well. Actually, people. I mean, I, I posted it up to the the, the trust uh, group, didn't I, Mark? And yeah, because uh, yeah. I, I was listening to the radio at, at two because I was doing a bit of work up here, and uh, I was listening to Talk Sport, and Adrian Durham, who is a man that. I pretty much fundamentally disagree with 90, 99.9% .9 of the time. I was sat there like waiting for his intro and he, he gave almost a Churchillian speech ripping into all of the media who had been ripping into us all week and giving every valid point as to why it was really out of order. And I mean, I could have, if I'd have been near him, I'd have run up and given him a big kiss and a cuddle because I thought... This is this is absolutely spot on. I actually did tweet him and Cundy copied Cundy in to say well done because it needed to be said. Um, so anyway, I can't remember what I was talking about that at all now. Can I just finish off, finish off about oh, Werner. Of course you can. No, no. I, I, honestly, I was just saying. I, I just think he's it's it's in his head now, um, and you know psychologically, that's not good for a footballer. And I I, I just. I don't know. I think Tuchel, you know, has given him plenty of latitude, plenty of minutes, um, and, and it's just not happening. And, uh, and uh, you know, you don't. It's, it was embarrassing at times yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Um, Should we not say the same for Lukaku, who came on and was absolutely? Well, I was about to, J.K. But when we'd finished talking about Werner, he was my next target. Mark, Sorry, Mark, do you yeah. want to talk about? Do you want to say how brilliant Werner is, and that we're all being mean? Don't no, be mean. Don't be sorry. beastly to the Germans. No, sorry, I I have defended many times Werner on on fancast this season and last. Uh, I still thought he would come good, but even I'd have to admit, I think yesterday was the worst, and I think Marco's nailed it for me. It's got to be something in his head now because the, the guy can play football, you know. As I've said before, you don't, you know, Simon Chelsea, you know, if you're a bad footballer. And it was just shockingly bad yesterday. And I think part of it, because he's got such a good song, you know, I think that helps enormously. So he's got the, the crowd behind him. But again, although I thought Lukaku's substitution was the right substitution, he didn't do any better. Wow. Yeah, He contributed. I, I don't know how many touches he had. I wasn't counting. They're all pretty poor. He, he didn't yeah, he didn't contribute anything of real significance while he while he was on the pitch. And thank heavens for for, for Havertz's goal. <laughs> yeah. You know, the substitution that did work for me was Kovacic. Yeah, well, we'll talk about we we'll talk Friday's about that. Team. We'll talk about that in part two, Mark. But uh, yeah. let's stick with Lukaku because I totally agree. I mean, again, it's. I mean, as I said in the intro, J.K. Werner and Lukaku were competing with each other to see who could be most inept with the football at their feet. I mean, Lukaku, as we know 
can't trap it, gives the ball away, turns as slower than a bloody oil cruiser. I mean, what the fuck? Well, he also, but he added something to the uh, <clears throat> to the, the litany of uh, of criticisms by being man rooted to the spot yesterday. Who, when the ball was kicked towards him, I deliberately thought I'll watch you to see what you're doing because you don't appear to be doing anything. And the, he didn't actually make at one occasion. He didn't move at all. He just stood where he was. And you think, what, what, what's going on here with this? And if you, if you actually, uh, not that I watched Inter Milan last year, but if you care to look at any of his performances um, for them, uh, Inter Milan, of course, um, uh, he, he, was, he was, you know, man of movement, man who ran for the ball, man who was difficult to dispossess because he's a, la- a big unit. And, um, and he put himself about and he made a big effort for Milan and he's not making any effort at all. And I wonder now if this is because he realises that Havertz gets in before him. And all right, he, he, I think I said on the show last week, I think his role now, he comes on possibly with Werner, but Werner was on from the beginning. He comes on and they try the, uh, later on to try and get a goal or whatever. If, normally if it's a nil-nil or they're behind. I don't think he comes on at all um, uh, in any other circumstance because Havertz is clearly the man. Havertz is now, he's going to go with Havertz for the rest of the season. I hope so. Well, we, we all hope so, but you wonder what whether that he just says now, well, he said to him, had a talk with him and said, I'm sorry. He, he must have had a talk to, with him about this because just to say, I'm sorry, it's not working in some way. Hang on, hang gonna... on, JK. Did he just yeah. say, I'm sorry, but it's just not working for me? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Oh. Yes. The very same words that I used to you yeah. when you when you were being horrid to me. Yeah. Well, how long ago was that now? It seems like yesterday, but it must have been years ago. It was, it was 25 years ago. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> You are a one. Um, uh, is, that, is, is that when you went off and made the cup final record in 1997 then? Yeah, it would be exactly exactly when I made yeah, it. I mean, he, he stormed off the show. He, 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 threw, he, threw, he threw his dummy out and that was it. He went. He kept saying that I had, a problem, I had a problem with my tech, my, the, the technology. He kept saying, he kept saying to me, there's it, a strange noise. It's, it's you, Jonathan. He kept saying to me. And I'm, you know, it's exactly the same setup I've got now, you know. And I was going, no, it isn't. Oh, there's another noise. It's you, Jonathan. <laughs> but, and I thought, oh, fuck this. I can't have this thing. It's just not working for me. And he's trot- said, trot- said, off. It's just not working for me, Ted. <laughs> it's, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> it's one of the, that is, it's up there. One of the funniest moments on this bloody silly show since Martin, the, the only one that's up there is when Martin did a show with his mic off for the entire show. Which, which some, some would <laughs> say way, was I, better, you know. I saw Martin yesterday today and i do apologize i gave him a hug this is at the stall oh martin wickham yeah martin wickham other, other than your other martin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Martin, martin, i gave him a hug and i think he was unprepared i do apologize <laughs> <laughs> well talking of unprepared i mean here's the thing marco i mean of course we don't know what's going to happen with this bloody club at all do we um you know right now if we wanted to get rid of lukaku and Werner, we couldn't i mean obviously right now we wouldn't because the transfer window is not open but um, obviously, if we get a new owner, then it all changes and we can buy and sell whoever we want. Um, can you really, really see, A, Chelsea wanting to keep Lukaku and Werner, and B, who would buy them, and C, we're not going to sell them for anything like we we spent on them, are we? I, I don't know. I think, I think it's interesting because the... Um... 
I don't know. It depends what happens to the balance sheet. I mean, if all the, you know, if, if it's ground, if, we, if we're starting from a zero balance sheet, then it doesn't matter if, you know, we paid 97 million for Lukaku and we sell him for 5 million to Northwich Victoria. Be a profit. Um, do you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, I think that's very you know, well. That's very well said, Marco. It's absolutely right. It's but in, in a way, it's fantastic for Tuchel because um, you know he, he can throw all the babies out with the bathwater, and you know if he can have that conversation and say, you, you know, the, the new owner says, well, who, who do you want? Who do you want to get rid of? Um, I don't. I don't know. It'd be interested. Mark? Yeah, I think the other thing is there, Marco's got a good point there. I think the other thing as well is the way transfer fees work, we've probably only paid about 25% of the transfer fees so far. So we've probably only given into Milan, you know, maybe about 20 million, you know, because the transfer fees are spread out are usually over a four or five year cycle. So if we sold him in a year, we, we may just, you know, if we get 70 million for him, we probably sort of only shelled out 10 or 20 million. So that's all that's all we've lost because we could lose a hell of a lot more. Yeah, well, as Marco was saying, it's not yeah. going to be our loss if we get a new yeah. owner. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Mark, I'm going to stay with you because because you, you were talking about the subs a minute ago, quite rightly, because, you know, we, we, we still owe 71 million. Do we? We still owe 71 million to Inter for Lukaku. Yeah. yeah. So if we sold him now for seventy million, what happens? What happens to that seventy million we get? Do we have to pay that to Inter Milan? I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know how it works, really. Not if we sell him to Inter Milan, we won't. No, true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Mark, um, the subs. I mean, clearly, I mean, I was uh, I was advocating that that uh, Lukaku came on for Werner at half time. To be quite honest, but clearly he had to come on. Um, I thought Kovacic coming on was also a very shrewd move. Um, I don't think I think Mount did all right actually. I, I agree with Jonathan. I thought think his, his set pieces were horrendous, but they have been all season to be fair. But I thought his his overall game was okay because he gets stuck in and you need somebody like that yeah. ferreting about, you know. So I was a bit a bit of a shame, but I got it. Uh, Kovacic adds something. I mean, I would start Kovacic every game if I could. I think he's superb. And I thought Pulisic did all right when he came on actually. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the three subs were the right subs to make. I think two of them worked out, one of them didn't. Uh, I, I think the surprise to me, I'd always keep Mount on the pitch. I agree. Yeah, even when he's having an off day, he always gives something, he, he gets stuck in. And he's usually the first day with Rudiger when it's all kicking off, Yeah, as it did yesterday. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I actually thought, and I'm happy to always be proved wrong as a football fan, I thought when Kovacic was coming on, I thought Jorginho would go off. Because I didn't think it worked with Jorginho yesterday. Um, And obviously the Kante twins did the work of three people yesterday rather than two. Um, Because I thought Jorginho didn't do a great deal other than that one moment of magic with one minute to go. But I thought Kovacic coming on, I think we should play him every week. He just makes the difference for me. I think he's a tremendous footballer. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, definitely right. I mean, of course, ironically, Jorginho, who had a bit of a stinker, was the one who... uh... Who did that pass to Havertz, J.K.? I mean, I thought the I thought the pass was worthy of a Guinness moment alone, uh, let alone what Havertz did with it. And so did Jorginho, by the way. Uh, I spoke to Liam Toomey after the game, and he basically said, you know, he was talking to Jorginho after the game, and Liam was raving about the Havertz touch and goal. And Jorginho goes, well, what about my pass? <laughs> Fair play. 
It was, it was a wonderful, it was a kind of David Luiz pass, wasn't it, that we were used to before, where he'd always pick somebody out over the back. It was, it was a brilliant goal. I mean, oh, blimey. Not only because of its uh, significance and the fact that it had been a very hard, hard fought game in, in hard, in difficult circumstances with the, uh, the idiot ref um, and, and the way they were breaking the game up. And as you say, Mark, they definitely set up for a draw um, and you could, you could see how, uh, upset they were, particularly Burn when the ball went in because they they'd been playing for that and they thought they you know it, it was heartbreaking for them that the goal but he he took it wonderfully and yes it was pinpoint pass from Jorginho and in fact they they there was a, they they'd been giving them they sort of were stepping back a bit they they pressed an enormous amount um, I almost said Bournemouth Newcastle but they uh, they gave us that kind of movement just about three quarters of the way through the pitch, which allowed Jorginho to be on his own just to play that pinpoint ball. It was, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was terrifically impressive, but you needed, thank goodness it was Havertz on the end and not Werner. Well, yeah. I mean, but it was superb. I mean, Marco, that was, in a way, that's why you pay your money to go to football moments like that. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was, it was just brilliant. Uh, the, you kind of got to the point where you weren't expecting. I think we'd all kind of, we have this thing where we, um, uh, have, I, have I gone? You're back. You're back. Back in the room. Yeah, he, he always brings these bag of sweets and we, and we always have to eat sweets, uh, to, which... I think maybe about 20 years ago or something, eating sweets led to a Chelsea goal. And it must have eaten like a whole jar of the bloody things. Um, or, or frutellas. I think I ate twice my body weight in frutellas. And then <laughs> and Jorginho released that ball. Um, yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, well, what a way to win a game. Yeah, what a way to win a game. And I mean, it was a brilliant... Um... And boy, I mean, did it did it just suck the life out of oh, that God, Newcastle yeah. end? Yeah, um, it was like the mute button on the TV. <laughs> Brilliant! But then he almost he almost scored again, of course, with the, yeah. uh, the next back, didn't he? Yeah, hit the bar, um, didn't it? The bar, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I mean, it was. I mean, the thing. I mean, the, the, I mean, it has a goal. It was just perfect. I mean, a, an unbelievably good pass. We shouldn't uh, we shouldn't ignore that fact. But his control, that touch. That he made. I mean that that was Zola esque in my book because Zola used to do that all the time. You could ping a fifty yard ball to Zola and he'd just bring it under control with one touch. But actually, the, the finish JK as well that he just dinked it past the keeper. But it was the same foot that he'd used. Yeah. So the timing was he had to. He saw the goalkeeper coming, controlled it and hit it in one move. It was just absolutely superb. Yeah, wonderful. And he is he is now. Um, revealing himself as the player that they clearly thought he was going to be and uh, I think the world can be his oyster actually I think he's um, and the very fact he's ended up being the striker we never thought that'd be the case but he you know he's a terrific header of the ball and he got a great shot and uh, the goal against Norwich was great hardly any back lift straight to the roof of the net um, uh, now because I, I remember when he, when he first played I was very disappointed he didn't make an effort much and of course he'd had Covid I was being a bit horrid but you like a you like a, a, a new boy to come and make an impression 
I remember it was Dennis Wise played out of his skin the very first time. He went, and I went, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And we were all a bit worried because Havertz sort of wandered around. I think he kept being described by Barney Roney as a, um, in the Guardian as uh, um, like a Renaissance man in a rough who'd, uh, who'd um, forgotten why he was there, you know, <laughs> wandering in and out and occasionally passing the ball but no he's um, he's really coming into it and I, I i think if we can get the best team out and i think we've got to work i think we've worked out what the best team out obviously reese james has to be playing and alonso has to be playing and i think pulisic is up there because pulisic is is playing out of his skin at the moment when he comes on i agree i thought he was excellent when he came on and um and whether what the combination is with with kante whether it's kovacic or Jorginho, but uh, and you've got the three at the back um uh, with Silva, Rudiger, and um, uh, and uh, Christensen, or uh, even Chalaba, but I think Christensen is more is he's better on he's better on the right, despite his imminently going or not. We don't know what's happening now. Um, I really think we have a great opportunity to go very far in the Champions League again mm. with that setup because well, they they appear to be coming into something. You know, I'm I'm just very impressed. Well, I think exactly you get the best team out there, and we're a match for anybody. Um, uh, you know, Havertz is. In, I mean, I'm getting very excited, of course, because at the beginning of the season when Dean does his uh, you know predictions for the season, I seem to recall that I had Havertz down as my top scorer for the season, and uh, for most of the season I've been going, you complete dickhead. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Of course, now I'm thinking, actually, yeah, there we go. Because us, I've... Complete, us complete dickheads all went for Lukaku. Well, indeed, I didn't. I'm bloody sure I didn't. I'm now going to have to check to make sure, but I'm pretty sure I went for Havertz. I think he's... I think he's super... You want Marco? I think, I, think I, I, I was cracking. I was, um, I'd convinced myself that Lukaku was the panacea um, and uh, that he was going to score 30 goals for us this season <laughs> more, more panacotta than panacea i think mate yeah exactly but there you go um i mean look i think the, i i've said it on this show millions of times <laughs> give me a shit game any day of the week with a with a 90th minute winner there is nothing if you are at a football stadium if you're in a crowd at a football stadium there is nothing like seeing your sky side score a last minute winner and i think in a in a funny old sense mark you know after the week that we've had that was kind of almost fitting, really, wasn't it? Because the absolute explosion of emotion and joy in, in, enabled or uh, kind of, uh, yeah, enabled a, a, a huge release from the week, didn't it? Oh, definitely. For the, the, the last seven days we'd had, I think it was important that we, we won yesterday. I think that was really important. Uh, but the manner of the win, you know, you can, you can leave a, a sort of winning Stamford Bridge Stadium. You might have won 3-0, you know, sometimes it's a bit subdued because the last half hour, nothing happened. But in the manner of that victory, the buzz when people were coming out of the ground yesterday. And again, I don't think the pubs in Fulham yeah, did too badly after either. I think most people head to the pub and have, have a pint to, cele- to celebrate because it was just a great way to win a football match after what's been a really difficult week for Chelsea Football Club and you know, difficult for its supporters. Yeah, definitely. It was a, a lovely note to sign off on. And uh, we're going to sign off for part two now. But before we do, um, you may have heard in the news recently that uh, Chelsea um, are having to be sold and that they have sanctions, which means that we might go out of business because we can't afford to run the club until we get sold, uh, which puts us in a little bit of jeopardy. Um, and I mean, you know, that aside, if we get a new owner coming in, they may well want to tinker with an institution that is unique to Chelsea and it's unique because it protects protects the well protects the 
stadium and the pitch from being sold and it's called Chelsea Pitch Owners and if if there is ever a time for you to go and buy a share in the Chelsea Pitch Owners it is right now because we don't know what's going to come next with a new owner a lot of them are making the right kind of noises but I wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could throw them and the point is is that the the you know having a share in the pitch owners absolutely protects this because it means that the shareholders who are supporters uh, as I said, they, they own the freehold of the stadium and also the name, Chelsea FC, more to the point. So if it does all go tits up, me, Marco, Mark and JK can reform Chelsea and call it Chelsea FC and play on Eelbrook Crom- Crom- We don't actually even have to call it AFC Chelsea, which is what Mark mooted in an article in CFC UK many years ago. Um, very quickly, Mark... Um, they're 110 quid, just cheapest entry point. That's for an electronic share. You can pay more if you want a uh, kind of one in a frame or one signed by a player. Uh, but the best thing to go to do is to go to the Chelsea website, Chelsea FC website. Search for the Chelsea pitch owners on that. Um, and there's a very, it's very easy to buy a share electronically now. There are three thousand up for grabs, so that you'll get one. But do it, do it now before it's too fucking late, Mark. Yeah, I was just going to say um, it's been a busy week for pitch owners um, after last Friday's show. I heard from Steve Frankham, so I, I, I did let him know we'd mentioned CPO on the show. Uh, I think if anyone listening has applied for a CPO um, share in the last seven days, just be patient with them. They have been absolutely overwhelmed with demand. So that's really, really good news from a sort of like a long-term sort of Chelsea future point of view. Because again, we'd like to think that the, the existence of CPO will obviously put off any potential buyers who may not have the best interest of Chelsea Football Club and its supporters at heart, I might see our stadium as ripe for redevelopment and then move us out to something like Milton Keynes. So never better time to buy a CPO share, but be a bit patient with them. They've got a huge demand for people wanting to buy shares at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it also puts into question, why on earth would a property developer want to buy Chelsea Football Club? I mean, I couldn't possibly think why on earth a property developer would want to buy Chelsea Football Club with some of the most expensive real estate in London up for grabs. Unless you wanted to sell it to some Russian people that want, might want to invest in property in London. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, not that that's going to happen anymore. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> what, I, what I would say, what I what I would say is that um, the thing about the, the Chelsea pitch owners idea and the scheme, interestingly enough, is it, it did go quite a long way to influencing Tracy Crouch when she um, did the fan-led review, which the Trust are working very hard and lobbying government media and anybody else to try and implement, particularly in the case of Chelsea. So, you know, that's, you know, the a part of the golden share is for supporters to have the right to veto what they call heritage items. And that includes things like the, the ground, the location, uh, the badge, uh, the, the you know, the shirt colour, that kind of thing, anything that's kind of heritage linked. And yet we already have the, probably the most important element of the golden share but it'd be nice to have the other elements too but anyway you know what to do go and buy one before it's too late we will be back in a minute because we've got some great stuff coming up with uh, mark and marco talking about tales from the shed their new book and we've got fannies and we've got emails see you in a minute Cheech. jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? 
Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and we are now into part three, and I'm joined, of course, by uh, Jonathan Kidd and uh, Mark, uh, Mark, what, Marco Worrell. Unho. Marco's Hello. now drinking. Uh, I recognise that beer. That's a nice pale ale. Cumberland Golden Beer. Cumberland Golden Beer. It's very nice. I like that one out of my Tesco's Magi Mix. And, mm. uh, and we've got the lovely Mark Meehan, of course. Good evening. Follow your heart and your mind will create. Indeed. It clearly has. And it's very apt because, of course, that is the forward or part of the forward of this new book. And that is a quote from the absolutely wonderful, lovely, gorgeous man that was Ray Wilkins. Anyway, as as Marco... Well, I mean, oh, he signed it. I didn't notice that. Bless him. I didn't know. Do you know what? I hadn't. I hadn't actually. I've, I have opened the book because as Tim rolls, yeah, just to read your article. Yes, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. It's tradition. It's tradition. We read you like a book. He's already put it on eBay to sell it now. He's got his article. <laughs> but you know that's tradition. But so I, I, I've been flicking through it and I read the book. So, just so the listeners aren't aware. Yeah, they know. But when, when anyway. she rocks up. <laughs> to get his new fanzine from the store. He immediately turns to the page in which his article is written, reads it, and then puts the fanzine in his pocket. <laughs> what are you checking for, Chidge, when you read it? In just, case it, it just, to, to see it, remind yourself what it well, is. Well, actually, to Dave's be honest, red pen. it's what? Dave's red pen. Yeah, Dave. Dave's, <laughs> because Dave, Dave quite often doesn't understand my, my humour and my references and I, I checked to see if he's added anything out, but actually, Jonathan, you you nailed it more accurately. I can't fucking remember what the hell I wrote, so I'm more, I'm usually more intrigued to know what it is I wrote. But Tim Tim caught me doing this years ago, 
and and he he just nailed it and he says and he and he, and he this is what he's, he says our oh, chich always reads his page before he does any and okay. it is true i'm afraid but there you go yes but to be fair uh, com- comparably if i'm ever in anything on the box i will always i've recorded i'll fast forward to see my bit i know there you go see you and i are the same we can't help it uh narcissist to the fore uh anyway look bottom line is we got this fantastic new book called tales from the shed and it's an anthology of stories so think think like a a bigger better more polished version of cfc uk with a nice shiny cover and actually the artwork's beautiful it's by uh richard Schraller, who's a lovely chap uh, and it's got a picture of Peter Osgood on the back. It's done in a, how do I, I don't really even know where to begin to describe this. It's artwork. That's how I would describe it. And it's got Ray Wilkins on the front. Um, now, I, I'm desperate. You can tell how excited I am about this because I'm desperately wanting to tell everybody everything. But tell what, them you're flicking through it. Tell them, tell I'm, them when you're, when you're doing I'm flicking through it. Through it. But, you can hear it. Uh, you can, can you hear that? Yeah, it's flicking yeah, it through. Wow, but brilliant. look, I need to shut up because actually we've got the, the two main people who are behind this book. Uh, and uh, lovely forward by Marco actually explaining that. So I'm going to go to you first, Marco. Can I just say? After JK. Uh, I've written something for it as well. No, they have you? mentioned me at all. Yeah, it well, there are 34 thing. people who've written I know, for it, I know, JK. but you, you said the two. I thought I might have... Yeah, but no, but it was their idea, you silly tart. So no, that's I know, I know, but I thought, I'd have, I thought I'd have sneaked in by just saying, even JK's written an article. You know, I mean, I thought, you know, that we didn't a little bit. I, I, what JK, I could... Even, even JK has written an article in this book. What yeah. I could have said is that, and and amazingly, even yeah. JK, because he never writes for anybody apart from himself, so even JK's written an article. Is that better? I think that's overdoing it, Chief. Oh, I it think bit... some of that's just really... <laughs> that's a bit JK, much. JK, do you know we've got a book out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so have you. You've got a book, haven't you? Called Blue Tomorrow. Have you got one? <laughs> But, but this one's called Tales from the Shed. Anyway, no, I didn't know that. Both of you <laughs> shut up. Marco. Have I, written, have I written something in that? I think you have. Honestly, it's like it's like herding cats. Uh, Marco, tell us about how, how the idea for this fantastic book came about and then tell us what it's really for as well as... I'll get Mark, Mark involved as well, but you, you kick it off. Um, well, so... Uh, well, I, I, was, I was on the train up to... It was the... The FA Cup game with Chesterfield, the third round cup game. So I was getting the train up to um, to Clapham. Well, I was on the train to Clapham Junction where I changed to get the train to West Brompton. And we were, we were sort of going through Ballam very slowly. And I saw a guy, uh, I don't know what his situation was, but I, I, I made the assumption he was homeless. He was just walking along the platform with a, a sleeping bag over his shoulder. And I, it just made me think of the of the sleep out and I was kind of, I wonder if that's going to go on this year. Um, And then I thought, well, I can't participate in it because I'd create more problems for the NHS with, with my underlying health conditions by probably hospitalizing myself. Um, So I I sort of thought, I wonder, I wonder what I could do. And then I don't know. I just had the idea. Um, Like I had three ideas came into my head at the same time sort of the idea to do this anthology um and then the idea for the name tales of the shed because i remember you you chidge doing your little feature where you read uh excerpts from various chelsea books um during during the course of the the, the sleep out and i thought oh that, that's quite a good idea so so literally i then whatsapped mark and and WhatsApp you 
Um, and both of you said, oh, that's a good idea. So then I thought, well, who would I get to write for it? And so I like just sort of span this list of people uh, around in, in my head over, um, and I'd, I'd kind of mess a lot of the people that are, are in it. I, I'd already said yes before I got off the train uh, at West Brompton. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it, that 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 was the the way uh, that was the the sort of the the genesis of the book, so to speak. Um, and then uh, you know the brief was quite simple. You you can write anything you like um, about Chelsea. Uh, you know, fifteen hundred to two two k words. Um, and they, and you've got to get it back to me within four weeks. Yeah, I mean, and, Marco, you know, sort of cut across you, but I mean, I remember when we talked originally, and it was very much about uh, you know an experience. It's it, this is kind of an experiential book in a sense, uh, you know, from a moment. Or, or a series of moments you might have experienced is that is that because I haven't had a chance to read it because I only kind of turned up at, just after lunch today but well obviously I, I read mine but I didn't have time to read anybody else's <laughs> but um you know is that the kind of theme that most people have gone down I mean, I mean essentially obviously uh, when I briefed people I said look this, this is the idea behind the book we want to raise money for um Stoll it's about the big Stamford Bridge sleep out sort of create awareness about that and you know raise some money and um you know give give people an opportunity to write a story that, that that's close to their hearts and you know what 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 has come back um i mean just just in terms of you know the the, the people that have contributed so there's kind of john king who's um John King, you know, he wrote the Football <laughs> Factory. I mean, he's written nine novels. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, pretty much a, a giant when it comes to writing. Martin Knight, who's prolifically written some brilliant biographies of, um, you know, George Best, Osgood, Cook. Um, his, his best book's Barry Desmond is a wanker, though. His best book is Barry Desmond is a wanker. <laughs> this is true. Um so so yeah and and then a lot of, a lot of the people i mean i literally just put it in the in the whatsapp chat for the fanzine so a lot of fanzine contributors um i wanted to get some female representation in there uh which is, is tricky i mean we, we don't have any girls who write for the fanzine which is which is a shame it's a shame but, yeah, but I, I know Ro, I don't know if you know Roanne West Henry. She she's she's terrific, and I know she and I know she writes. So I asked her to do a piece, which she did, which is brilliant. Um, Alex Churchill has done a piece, and I got Beth um, to 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 give us a viewpoint from uh, the states, and she's actually written a sort of it's kind of like a potted history about how she was one of, one of the kind of the missionaries spreading the gospel of Chelsea in in um in the wild west um which is really interesting so yeah i mean you know and i wanted to get some of the um younger people involved so cammy's in there um he's his piece is brilliant um a chris axon who's who's never been published but you know, his Lord blog. knows why he's brilliant. Well, I, mean, I keep I keep talking to him about it. 
And I just said to him, look, you know, do you want to do this? And he was he was off to um, the World uh, Club Championship. And I said, why don't you do a bit about that? And then, you know, it just started rolling along and I thought, terrific. And, then, and if everybody actually, if all these bits come back in, great. And, and what it is, it's almost like 34 different stories, um, you know, 34 books in a book. Um, you know, JK's in there with quite, quite a highly entertaining piece. Um, I don't think you specifically wrote this for the book. I think you'd already had it in your locker, didn't you, JK? Yeah. Um, but it, but it is highly entertaining. Well, I, I, I punched it at you with the hope that you might use it. Yeah. But if, you'd, if you'd said no, it's not a tale, for, you know, not deliberately written. Yeah. I wouldn't have been hurt but I was pleased that you took it on thank you very much and uh, you know I mean there, there, there's some there's some new stuff in there there's a a lad called Jason Gibbons who I'm in the process of publishing his book that I've been I've got to know during the lockdown um his his piece which is about Mos the, the the Moscow um defeat is is absolutely superb it's a fantastic piece of writing you know, there, there are some really, really quality little vignettes in there. Ian Rogers' story about coming to Chelsea when he was a kid and his dad picking Peter Benetti up on the way. It's just <laughs> pure, pure, yeah, it's just one wonderful reading. So, you know, there's there's loads of it. There's loads of stuff in there. And, um, yeah, and uh, I, I just think, it's, I, I just think it's it's a really good cause and I think people who buy it will really enjoy it as well. Um, so, you know, those two things. I, I don't know. What do you think, Mark? I, I ain't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm as guilty as Chidge. I read my own piece. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just me then. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I say, I haven't, uh, uh, I'm, I'm I the haven't first read, bit in the book. I haven't so, read mine. Yeah. I didn't read mine. No, my, mine is the first bit in the book, you know, so that's, okay. I've, I've, only, I've only got that far. I, I had a look at it last night. The cover alone. You're in there twice, Mark, actually. Because I, I forgot. I forgot. Well, you, I, you, you, yeah. I got you to do the forward to explain everything. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your own little tail in there as well. I know. I'd for, I forgot I did another tail in there. So, like, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, a bit like Chidge. I'd forgotten what I'd written about. And I thought, oh, did I write about that? So I'm writing about bunking fares at Fulham Broadway Station, Going in the Stamford Bridge Cafe, Chelsea lottery tickets with Mick. If you remember old lottery Mick, you know, and I thought, oh, wow. Uh, going in the tea bar, you know, merging from like the shed all the way around to the tea bar. You know, we're not, you know, we are mad. We're not mad in the head. We're the tea bar, not the shed. You know, Pete Owens record. So I thought, yeah, I forgot I'd written that. Um, no, the, the cover alone. Uh, and I just counted it up as Marco was speaking. Big thanks to all 34 people to, to doing it in such a short space of time. But there's 20 authors. There's actually people who've done 20 books, you know, in there. So we've, we've got some, you know, Chelsea literatory in there. And, and I think for all of them giving up their time for a worthwhile cause is amazing. I think I'd also say, I think, Mark, it was a bumper day yesterday on the stall, you know, in terms of... Yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, it's had a terrific reaction um, in terms of... Uh, People getting behind it. It's it's gone well off. Um, I think it done something. I don't know. You, yeah. It's, the, the the guys in uh, John Costello, who's the top boy in the CIA over in the states, 
has got behind it. Um, not the CIA. No, no, not Chelsea, that one. Chelsea, America. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I know, I know. I'm joking. Chelsea in America. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, I mean, it's kind of all, it's sort of like, I mean, obviously, like all these books that I put, I put together and put out, there's a, there's a, there's a gamble element because obviously it costs money. Um, so, but, but yeah, you know, I, I think this would probably keep selling because I think when people read it um, and read all the way through it and there's kind of a, I'll do a little mental health piece at the end. Um, I just think it's, it's a really, really enjoyable book. Um, and hopefully people tell their friends and, and buy it. And we raise a load of money for Stoll. I mean, it's already, um, I think it's up to about 350 quid now. So, you know, which is, which is phenomenal, really. Yeah, it's very, very good. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And thanks to each and everyone that came down and bought a copy yesterday. Yeah, but I, I I would say sort of like from from my my point of view, um, I always think a good judge is Tim Rolls. You know, so Tim is lucky; he has read the whole book through. And Tim was saying to me, "This is an excellent book. You know, this is a really good book." So, if you've got Mother's Day coming up, if you've got Father's Day, you've got birthdays. This will make a great present for a Chelsea fan in your life. Mark, um, the the key thing about this, of course, is that. You know, it, it, it's going to be donating money to the to the the big Stamford Bridge sleepout, which, of course, you know, basically you you're the man who pretty much organised all of that originally. So, do you want to talk a little bit about why it's important for that and and the origination of that? No, absolutely. I think you know, if people don't know, um, and and I've still got his telephone number on my phone, and I've said it many times, I haven't got the heart to delete it. Mm, me too. Yeah, it, it very it very much starts, you know, and we say that in the book. It very much starts with Ray Wilkins. Like the day after his death, you know, I'm, I'm listening to Talk Sport, and I, I'd like to think everyone must have heard that, you know, that ex-soldier from Cardiff ring in to the Jim White show. If you haven't, please, please go into Talk Sport and listen to it. It will send shivers down your spine. It's in a really emotional phone call, and this guy talks about being outside West Brompton Station on a Chelsea match day, and Ray Wilkins coming and not walking by him, as some people might do if they see a homeless person sitting down, you know, with him on his piece of cardboard, giving him 20 pounds, you know, so he could get a hot meal that night and find a place to stay. And that was the turning point in this guy's life. You know, I'd love to meet this guy, you know, and I think a lot of people would. Uh, and he just said, like, you know, he's now got a girlfriend, he's about to marry her. And, you know, that turning point in the road was down to Ray Wilkins. And it just sort of coincided just after that. I was chatting to Cliff Auger, from the Supporters Trust, who, as we know, do marvellous stuff in the community, you know, do the food bank, etc. And, you know, Cliff just said to me, you know, any thoughts or ideas about what else the Trust could do? And I just said, what about a sleep out? You know, and, you know, the whole thing with Ray was still in my head. Other clubs had done it. I'd read about it, you know, felt equally inspired when I read about Huddersfield Town, Southampton, Stoke City, I think Aston Villa, Glasgow Rangers. You know, so I said, if they could do it, we're Chelsea. Yeah, what, why can't why can't we do it? So um, we approached the club back in oh, it's about three years ago now. Yeah, 2018. Took a number of meetings, and our mantra was just the same throughout. You just turn up with a sleeping bag and a pillow. You just turn up with a sleeping bag and a pillow. 
The first one we held, you were there, Chidge, uh, back in no- November two- 2019. Um, I think remarkable, remarkable evening. Um, we raised um, £27,000, both at that point for Glassdoor and what was Oswald Stoll Foundation, who are now Stoll Veterans. Memorable evening, Canners waking everybody up you know, in the middle of the night, trying to work out who John Neal's assistant was. Um, COVID came. You know, so we had to do it virtually last year. You know, still a successful evening. The amount of former players who really got involved last year, um, lending their support, sending videos, sending good luck messages. So many of them. You know, I'll try and remember all of them. But Pat Nevin, Spackers, Canners, Tommy Langley, Gavin Peacock, Joe Cole, John Sitton. I think John Terry did a message. And then we had this beautiful moment where this this kid's kicked out in his garden, sort of like this young disabled lad. Uh, and he just told us his favourite player was Marcus Alonso. So about 11 o'clock on the night of the sleep out, we got a message to the club. And, you know, one of those really impossible asks said, you know, can you just get a message to Marcus? Any chance? Like within an hour, you know, Marcus Alonso had come on Twitter and posted a message to this young, young lad, you know, just blown away by, you know, just for anybody to sleep out for one night and it, pee down at rain that evening for a kid with a disability really not thinking about himself thinking about other people you know uh, we just you know absolutely overwhelmed and amazed by that amazing young man so we're back again now we're doing it hopefully in two weeks time uh marco's suggestion you know remember that day we're playing chesterfield at home you know brilliant idea um i think it complements what we're doing to sleep out um and again, not everyone can come along. Not everyone can sleep out. You know, I know a number of people you know, that I've spoken to also for health reasons can't but want to feel a way of getting involved. You know, a great way of it, just buy the book. You know, if you buy the book, you know, as we've seen yesterday, a lot of people came along and bought the book. And the money goes to a really, really good place, which is Stoll. If you don't know who Stoll are, they provide support and homes for former, you know, former veterans who had had it tough. You know, may have had sort of that mental health use of being rough sleepers. And they are our neighbours. You know, and people talk about charity beginning at home. This is home. Mm. They've been next door to Stamford Bridge, you know, for over 100 years now. And I'd encourage anybody. It's a very welcome community that is stole. Uh, you know, just to go in there, spend time with the veterans. And, and we will do that after the sleep out as well. And I think it just brings it back to, you know, why, you know, and why Ray. And we just very much said, like, Ray Wilkins with 20 pounds made a real difference in someone's life. You know, he ended the cycle of rough sleeping for that guy, guy from Wales and got his life back on track. Yeah. You know, and I don't see any reason why, you know, when you've heard over the last week, yeah, you know, and this doesn't always necessarily make a good story, the, the story we, we've seen, that we are a community asset. Well, I'd like to think as supporters, we're part of that community asset and the trust and Chelsea fans are doing great things in the community. This is part of it. And I think, you know, I'd echo what the guy said, you know, <coughs> when he rang in, the last thing he said when he finished the call on Talk Sport is anyone who phones in today, you know, with a memory about Ray Wilkins, we just want to say, like, thank you for giving us Ray Wilkins. Yeah. And I'd basically say, you know, thanks for Ray. He started this, you know, I'd like to think we're carrying on, you know, what Ray did a number of years ago. And a big thanks to anybody who's taking part in the sleep out or sponsored someone, or was donated or bought a book. Really appreciate it. We want to make as much money as we can to make a real difference in people's lives that are just a stepping stone away from Stamford Bridge. Yeah. So, Mark, oh, Jonathan, you're on mute, love. I was going to say, can, um, 
and just a little word for Sir Oswald Stoll, who founded everything, who was um, a theatre manager, Stoll Moss Empires, uh, mm. and they put empires all around Britain. And he was the uh, he was um, uh, very instrumental in in dealing with uh, uh, World War One veterans originally, and um, and and putting them up in and providing for them, uh, particularly those who were disabled and. Uh, um, and he he gave that area of land just next to the bridge for um, uh, that very reason for, for dealing with uh, vulnerable ex-service men and women. And um, uh, uh, he was the the instigator and originator of all of this. I just wanted to. No, oh, no, thanks, Jonathan. Him as well. It's good because nobody you wouldn't unless you know you wouldn't wouldn't exactly. know that. So that's very yeah. good. Okay, Marco, how can people buy this wonderful book? Um, <clears throat> so. If you buy, if you're fortunate enough to come to Chelsea Games, um, you can buy a copy from the CFC UK store um, for £9 and £5 of that goes to Stoll. So that's the most money um, in terms of uh, the copy um, uh, fundraiser. Um, if you want to buy it online, um, you can go to... Uh, link to the gate 17 ebay shop uh where for this book um 10 of the cover price goes to the alzheimer's society which is um something close to my heart so all the books on uh that are on sale in the gate 17 ebay shop have a 10 donation to the alzheimer's society and a further two quid will go to uh stole and then the book's actually available um worldwide via amazon so i know it's already been sold in the states people are buying it over there uh people buying it through amazon every, every copy sold on amazon uh generates two quid for stole so it's all good um you can buy it anywhere basically uh so yeah brilliant well I don't. I don't need to wish us all good luck because I think it will go down a storm because it's a. It's just such an esoteric book, you know, a combination of the kind of people that have written for it, uh, most of whom know each other really well through the games, but also I think just the flavour of the stories. It's. 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 it's I mean, I, put it this way, and it's kind of sound like an odd thing. I would buy this book for a mate who doesn't support Chelsea because I think in a way it just articulates beautifully what what it's all about, what we do every week, what it's all about. And I think that's quite a universal thing. So I think it has. I think, you get, you, I think the, the 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 nice thing about it is you, you sort of read the you read the intro from Mark, and then um, I need to have a look now. I sort of did it in such a way that yeah. So there's sort of Tim with a sort of potted history of the shed, and then we get a jock slide from Cammy, um, and then we go into. Uh, we go from youth to to age, and Ken Turner, who's in his eighties, um, so you don't know what's coming no. next in terms of uh, the content. And you know they're short, snappy stories, so you can read a story on a visit to the to the toilet. As, then... I, as I do most of my reading, in fact. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, there you go. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Okay, um, right. Time for some very quick fannies. Uh, J.K. Uh, the first one, of course, is this one. Chelsea Fancast. Man of the Match. 
Yes, that's right. It's man of the match. Uh, right. The nominations that have come from our wonderful Discord group people are uh, Rudiger, Havertz or Kante. JK, who are you plumping for? Um, I think Havertz. Mm. I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I thought Ma- Rudiger was completely wonderful, though, but, but mostly down to shithousery. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, the great that we're going to this is going to come up, isn't it? The shithousery mm. in the the other moment. <clears throat> um, but Kante was uh, was it was was similarly. He's really he's really got it at the moment. He's right back to to top. He's found form, his twin. He has found the twin. The twin is there. I think the twin has got a twin. I think there are four of them. But <laughs> the uh, but um, uh, I just think. Um, uh, Havertz was pretty inspirational, so I'd give it to him. Okay. Marco? Yeah, I've, I've got to go for Havertz. Um, yeah, he's 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 got it, hasn't he, that kid? Yeah. Kai Havertz, Chelsea legend. He is. And, I, and I, I, you know, I, I like the fact that everybody's calling him Silky because I'm damn sure it was us, me on the show, actually, that first called him Silky Smooth. Yes, there we go. Not that I'm He's only 22 as well. I know, I know, I know. Frightening, isn't it? Not that I'm begging for any recognition, of course. Uh, anyway, Mark, what would you go for? I'm going for the Kante triplets. Are um, you? Yeah. Not uh, the quadruplets. I, I, no, it, it was the triplets yesterday. Uh, he, he, he's normally got his twin with him, but the absence of George, of Jorginho, apart from that killer pass of the 89th minute, I said at the game yesterday, I thought it was Kante's one of his best games of the season, back to his best. Yeah, he was playing like three players yesterday. And bearing in mind, we had, you know, people not at their best. Werner wasn't at his best. Again, Mount, okay, but rightly substituted, Jorginho. Um, for me, it's the Kante triplets. Okay. Well, I'm going to go for Havertz, so that'll make it 3-1 to Havertz. Um, I mean, I could have gone for Kante, but that would have just led to trouble. So I'm going to go for Havertz. So Havertz wins the man of the match from our point of view. It's, now, now it's time for this. Celery. Chelsea fan cut. Celery. Ha! <laughs> That's right, uh, celery moment, which is just delightful. Uh, Jonathan couldn't almost gave it away a minute ago, but uh, Rudiger. I mean, it's, there's just no end to this guy's madness. I can't. I mean, how can you not? He, he was he was covering. I don't know even know who it was because of course you you wouldn't remember who it was. But some Newcastle bloke was attacking down the right, and uh, and uh, Rudiger kind of covered him and as he was running past him he did this kind of really weird he's got massively long legs Rudiger and he did this kind of really weird thing where he kind of I don't I, I don't even Jonathan help me out I can't even it describe quite, it Python-esque was it like it was like silly yeah. Walks? yeah it was like yeah silly walks it was uh, yeah it was absolutely it was one of them yeah yeah, it's bizarre. So there was that with Rudiger, which just made me absolutely wet myself. So it fulfilled the criteria of a moment that made me laugh on the pitch. Um, I have to say, for a moment of proper Chelsea, the way that the Chelsea Supporters Trust have been working, not just uh, yesterday when they were, <coughs> excuse me, phenomenal, but actually the whole the entire week, they were just absolutely brilliant. And you know, when it when the shit hits the fan, you you want supporters to stand up for what they believe in and protect what they love whether anybody else joins in or not. And these guys on the trust and the people helping them out are trying to save the fucking club. You can't get better than that in my book. So they, they need a meritorious medal for proper Chelsea's. And if they get it for the celery moment, that's a start. Um, the other thing, uh, I mean, I, I got this from uh, from Jonathan's fan bike because I don't think I saw it myself in, in full effect. But he did mention Tuchel's touchline antics, JK. 
Well, when we scored, he ran all the way down past the opposition um, uh, uh, manager's box, um, doing a, a, a clop. And uh, but he did it in a kind of sort of um, he's like a stick insect occasionally, sort of, and, and his arms flail about. So he he actually looks like one of you know those plastic things that they 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 pump air into and they flail about, you know, um, that, that they used to have at certain finals and things, those plastic figures. And they pump air and they'd be enormous, these giant figures and their arms would flail. He sort of looks a bit like that. He's very ungainly, but he was pumping his arms up and down and he ran down the uh, down the touchline. And of course, he got um, apparently um, vilified for doing it, despite it's the kind of thing that Klopp does all the time. And, and everybody just says, oh, look at him. Look, he's so pleased with the way they're playing, they say about Klopp. But uh, for uh, for Tuchel, he, of course, got it in the neck. But um, it was such an amusing moment and also such a joyous moment as well. But he was um, uh, he was very on fire, old Tuchel, and I thought that was a great moment. I have to say, Chidges, one other thing. you When, when Rudiger got booked, he, he picked the ball up um, and uh, beautifully wasted, well, I don't know he's wasting time. He got the ball and put it behind his back, and then somebody tried to grab it, and he put it into the front and kept it, and then put it behind his back again, and then put it all the way around his body twice to, to great mirth. And I actually thought that was when the referee booked him. I thought that was just as good a moment as the... Uh, as the the, the high kicking leg, the high the high kicking leg was just was just bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. Whereas this was equally odd. I don't quite know why he did this. This keeping the ball from the opposition by hiding it, pretending to hide it behind his back, and then when it was when it was lurched for putting it in the front, it was like a, a kid with you know you can't have my ball. It was that it was you know? brilliant, brilliant. But there another moment. Yeah, that was some. Um, but yeah, but. Uh, but uh, Tommy T's running up, running down the touchline was fantastic. Lovely. Well, that that was especially for you, Marco. What are you going for, son? Uh... Mm. Mm. It's a tricky one. Isn't it, it is. They're all good. <sighs> I don't know. I'll let you think on it, Mark. Um, I'd have to say from yesterday, you know, it'd have to be the trust. Mm. You know, as much as the Rudiger John Cleese impersonation was very, very funny yesterday. Uh, and you and I have probably seen it and others haven't. You know, what people have done the trust this week, you know, the evening meetings and, and everyone's got a day job. You know, the countless emails, the messages like in online online group, the activity, the uh, the press statements that get knocked out within sort of 15 minutes of an announcement. People work their butts off over the last week and all the preparation, the meetings that took place before the game Saturday. So, you know, the trust were proper Chelsea you know, over the last seven days and particularly yesterday as well. So I've got to give it to the trust. Yeah, well and done. Tim Rolls was fantastic on Radio London. Quite, quite terrific. Was, so many things he did. Yes, I, 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 was, I was near him. He, he's, he's so good at that stuff. Yeah, he did an interview for Sky. He did an interview for The Telegraph. You know, he was really... And Dan Silver as well. Dan Silver, some of the interviews he's done this week, just beyond the corner of He's been amazing. Yeah, definitely. Can um, I just say, Chidge, I think... <laughs> Chidge, there should be one more celery thing we should have had, was the chanting that Mike Ashley's coming for you. Yeah, I know. But the response was, he oh, left... I know. Left, but it, it didn't make the cut. It didn't he make left. the cut. He left because you're shit. Not not even the Boris Johnson one. I like the he left because you're shit. Yeah, one. and then that. Yeah, I know. But it didn't make the cut. 
Oh, okay. But, but it was very, very good. I, I don't. I mean, Mark mentioned it earlier, didn't he? And I, I agree with him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what are you going for, J.K.? Uh, out of those, uh, um, uh, uh, Tuchel's touchline antics. Phenomenal. Okay, so we've got trust. Tuchel's touchline antics. Marco. I think um, <clears throat> even though I was obviously ensnared by the stall, I think uh, Mark's um, uh, explanation of what what went on and what's been going on. Um, it's kind of swung it for me to endorse the fantastic work of the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Yes. Well, far be it for me to disagree and far be it for me to ever miss an opportunity to slap myself on the back, as you all found out tonight by the fact that I read my articles before everybody else. So I, too, will go for the work of the Trust, although I have to say, <clears throat> largely because I've been preoccupied with other things uh, like funerals to go to and not being well and also... I mean, I have a job where you, you can't have your phone on, so I've been about as useful as a chocolate teapot this week and have not done the kind of work that I would normally do. But it, actually, that that's not necessarily a bad thing. I've been there, I've been there a long time, and actually most of the people have come in a very oh, re- relatively... What the fuck is that? <laughs> anyway, I'm going for the trust. It deserves it. Right, next is time for uh, this one. Oh. Oh. It's that Guinness moment. (laughs) Yes, Guinness moment. Uh, Right, they are, as you all know, a moment that is slightly sexual and and makes you uh, come in your pants, really, according to, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Kidd. No, the bloke you, behind you in the in in the away match the other week. Oh, what? what? Yes, yes, sir. Um, sorry, I thought you meant the noise I made. Um, uh, um, oh, uh, of um, from Windsor. Yeah, his name uh, Dino. Dino. Dino from- yeah, Dino. That's what Dino reckons. It's, it it makes you come in your pants. Anyway, uh, Chaloba's drag back, which I thought was brilliant, actually, right in front of you, J.K. Uh, Mendy's save from Almiron, which I thought was very good, kept us in the game as he often does. Uh, and I have to be careful here because I kind of got this rule about not not giving it to a goal. So I'm going to say Havertz's first touch. That actually was massively sexual for me. I have to say it was massively sexual. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mark, what are you going for? Havertz by a country mile. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? JK? Got to be. Got to be. The drag back was great. And I remember going, oh. Um, and uh, the uh, the Mandy save was similarly oh oh, but the Havertz touch was oh, oh. well you couldn't because he after that second he'd scored as well hadn't he so it was like a it was like a oh, oh. but the, the the second bit doesn't count because you're not allowed to have a goal so so yeah that that, that would have been premature it yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes it was so I'll go for the uh, the premature Havertz touch lovely and Marco uh, the, the, without. Any um, hesitation, I'm going for Havertz. Yeah, definitely. It had to be a clean sweep for that. I mean, I too am going for Havertz. It's incredible touch. So there you go. Havertz it is. Right, we've got uh, four emails tonight. Uh, JK, you going to kick off the first one? Alex Davidson. Mm. <laughs> Chelsea fans should take... Can you play eerie music here? Or even, you know, it should be... Dramatic sharp, music. Sharp music. Chelsea fans should take one look at Woody Johnson's Jets and be very afraid. Pray this doesn't happen. He means, obviously, the purchase of the club by uh, Woody Johnson, who is part of the Johnson & Johnson family. 
the New York Jets are the pinnacle of mediocrity. At best, TFC would become Fulham 2.0. The Jets have not had a brush with success since the 80s, despite having high draft picks every year because they keep being rubbish year after year. If we must have an NFL owner, reach out to Robert Kraft of the New England Patriots. Their record speaks for itself. Well, indeed. And I mean, as Michael said, and he, when he messaged me uh, about Johnson uh, on Friday, you know, we heard all about how awful he is. So God help us if we get him. Uh, right. We've got another one from James Richards, who says, Dear Chidge and the gang, forgive me if I sound selfish or inconsiderable to- inconsiderate towards the poor people of Ukraine. I can't imagine what they're going through right now. I also don't want people to think I'm defending the quite frankly inhumane and pardon my French. But oh, you can't say that. That's very naughty wanky i'm going to say instead behavior of the utter shit that is prickamere putin but as your average chelsea fan i feel a tad hard done by i understand why abramovich has been sanctioned but what i don't agree with is how chelsea as a club are being punished affected it's not like abramovich takes money or profits directly from the club and sticks it in his back pocket why should chelsea fans who aren't season ticket holders be indirectly punished by not being able to buy a ticket to go and see the team they support quite uh, if you take the Glazers and United, uh, United as an example, those guys take uh, d- those guys take any profit that Man United make and give it to themselves for their own financial gain. I'm not an a- I'm not an ally of Putin. Uh, I'm just trying to point out that not. Uh, oh, sorry, I've missed a line. So sorry. I'm not trying to take away from the fact that Abramovich is allegedly and more than likely a friend or ally of Putin. I'm just trying to point out that not at any point to my admittedly limited knowledge since 2003 has Roman taken any money out of Chelsea for his own financial gain. Chelsea as a club owe Abramovich over a billion and during his ownership of the club not, not once has he treated Chelsea Football Club as his own personal financial asset. I understand why he has an individual why he as an individual is being sanctioned and financially restricted but until the club is sold it should uh, shouldn't it be business as usual forgive me if i sound ignorant or, or uninformed but i'm struggling to get my head around the last 24 hours and i'm genuinely worried about what the long and short term effect of this is going to be on our club thanks james richards yeah i agree with all of that james and, and it is confusing um but there you go uh jk is it Benji Temchine or Temshine? It's called him Benji. Benji. Uh, 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 Temshine. Uh, the only appropriate outcome of this decision should be to hand ownership of the club to the supporters' trust and run it like a Spanish club. Roman's money was filthy, it's true. He did some good eventually, but he yanked it out of an abattoir. But so is the money of all the bankers, murderers and sociopaths bidding for the club now. But I think they're all filthy. The entirety of the ownership and FIFA and the FA. Add in the leaders of the British government, all too happy to slurp up that London grad money. They took it then and pretend otherwise now. What about giving that money to the trust? As walking around money. Crooks and gangsters the lot. Do you know who didn't do a fucking thing or take a dime of that soiled money? The fans. I became a fan of Chelsea before I knew who Abramovich was. And no one asked for my approval. Usmanov is no better, or MBS, or Kronky, or even FSG. Bankers and bastards, the lot. And who asked the fans? You know who makes this beautiful game? The players and the fans, not the owners, the vampires. This 
is our beautiful game and they all want a piece of it, but they can't ever taste it because they lost their humanity in their worship of money. They can't taste real joy anymore or know what it is to celebrate in a community because all they have is their cash. It's why they went in on what we have. It's obscene and not my fucking problem. I'd follow a fan run Chelsea to League One. I love the invective. I love the rant. I think it's great. I just don't think it's going to happen. It was absolutely brilliant, Benji, I have to say. I mean, I like the way, in fact, it, it was so good, it actually invoked in Jonathan his inner David Warner. <laughs> well, David Warner, who, who played the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the Klingon Inquisitor in, uh, in, 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 yep. in Star Trek, that David Warner. A mad captain Actor. in, uh, in uh, Hornblower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And he was in um, that, that really weird film, Python film, wasn't it, really? Anyway, I digress. Yeah, um, yeah. We digress. Time, 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 something. Anyway, time bandits. Time yeah. bandits. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is from a, a very old friend of ours. Love him to pieces, this guy. It's wonderful Bob Oosre from uh, California. Um, he said, it's not so much the football I would miss, but the banter after and before through the podcast. Even though I've never met the guys or some of the listeners, we feel like mates meeting at the pub to discuss and rant about our beloved club. Being 6,000 miles away, Chidge, JK and all the other fans on the podcast gave me a connection to something I've loved since 1966. <coughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> FC. Thanks for sharing every week. Nobody here I know understands or can relate. Up the Chelsea. <laughs> I like that line. Thanks for sharing every week. Nobody here I know understands or can relate. Uh, uh, I feel it, your pain. It, it was your far show moment. You got a letter from Bob as you were doing your Bob Fleming. Yeah, I'm fucking serious. He's giving up. I told you it might. Anyway, that um, is uh, all we have time for on the email front. Uh, but we've got one more little part to come up because we're going to have a, a quick look at uh, the uh, the Lille game on Wednesday. So don't go away. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Right, boys, um, we've got uh, Chelsea Fancast here, by the way. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, I've got Jonathan Kidd, Mark Meehan, and Mark Worrell with us still, uh, and uh, we're on the Home straight now. We've got Lille on Wednesday. Um, and uh, as always, JK, I've got my team selection for uh, for Wednesday. Trying to take account of possible injuries, etc., etc., etc. But I've gone <clears throat> Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Christensen, Alonso, Kovacic, Kante, Aspilicueta. And I've gone for Mount, Havertz and Ziyech up front. I think it's great, but I don't think Aspi's fit. Well, he might. He's he's ill. He's not. Un, he's not. Un, oh, hang on. I've muted myself. He yeah, he's he's he, he's not unfit. He's, he's not injured. He's ill. So I'm All thinking right. he'll be better. Who would he play if he doesn't <laughs> play him? Right, right wing back. <coughs> we reckon everybody. Who would he play? Would he play? Because you don't have Pulisic in there. Perhaps he'd play Pulisic in that position. He could do, couldn't he? Yeah. But we are struggling because there's no James. 
you know, so he's he's really struggling with uh, choices if Aspie isn't fit, which is kind of why I'm hoping he is. Boys, what do you reckon? I'm working on the basis he's fit. Um, I only had a couple of variations. You know, if he's not, you know, he could play Chalabar again, and you know, we do four at the back like we did yesterday. But um, I, I think Chalabar will play instead of Christensen, and I think Pulisic will probably start instead of Mount. Otherwise, I agree with the team you pictured. Mm. Marco? I agree with Mark Meehan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think he might play... Zayat played so well yesterday playing wing-back that I think he might put him there and put Pulisic in up front from the beginning. So he plays four at the back with... Um, uh, I, think, I think defending the 2-0 lead, if they can just nick another goal, the tie's first, over. First as well. Yeah. yeah get, get an early goal. Yeah. That kills the tie, doesn't it? Yeah. And let's face it, we we you know it was only two 0 at home, but we did kind of batter them really. I mean, Havertz could have had a hat trick in the first half, quite happily, you know. So uh, even though they played quite well, I thought actually that that Renata Renata Sanchez uh, played really well. He controlled the game, I thought. But he's brilliant, out, brilliantly. He, yeah, but he's out injured. He's not available. He? No, he's not available on Wednesday. Apparently, that's a big blow for them. Yeah. I mean, their form's been you know. I mean, they've moved up the lead. They were eleventh when we played them uh, at Stamford Bridge, and they're now sixth. Um, but they uh, they beat Leon away one nil. They beat Clermont four nil at home, and they drew with Saint Etienne nil nil uh, on the eleventh, so a couple of days ago. <clears throat> um, oh yeah, they drew with Mets as well, but that was before we played them. Um, they're not the team they were last year when they won it. Um, what I would say though. You know, as I said, I just got this feeling. I mean, what I can't work out, chaps, is that you know we're two 0 ahead. It's Champions League. Will he go? Will he just go quite defensive? And as Marco said, hope to hope to get one, you know, on the break or something. Or will he just try and kill it off, Mark? It's hard to know, isn't it? I agree. Hard, hard to call. I, I think he'll try and kill it off. Yeah, I, I think the first goal could be really important. It, yeah, Marco's right. If we get the first goal, ties over. If they get the first goal. You know, you you always have that nervous moment, of, you know, as a Chelsea fan. You know, you'd rather have a three goal lead than a two goal lead because if you get one back, you're biting your fingernails. Not me, but I hasten to add because I am the eternal optimist. Um, but no, I think he'll go for it. Um, I think he'll get an early goal, and I think we'll win two one. Mm. I'm kind of inclined to agree, and in fact, actually, there's a lovely stat to back that up. Uh, Lille have failed to score in any of their last four meetings against sides managed by Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel, and. Uh, Chelsea have won all three head-to-head since they first met in the group stage uh, of the 2019-20 campaign, scoring two goals on all three occasions, including the clash in northern France. So there you go. JK, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I think we'll win. Um, I think they might. they're not a best bad side, but as you say, if that guy's not playing, he was easily the best player for them. I don't know. I think we'll, we'll win uh, 2-0. Yeah, OK. Marco. I'll go 1 0. 1 0, yeah. Squeaky, defensive, nick a goal, shut it yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, actually, Marco. Um, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I, you know what I am? Because I, I kind of was thinking that when I was writing this. I think I could see 1 0 here and a turgid game, but it doesn't matter because it's all about getting through. So I'm going to go 1 0 too. Incidentally, through so far are Bayern Munich, Man City, Liverpool, Real Madrid. 
no problem with any of those, obviously. Uh, and yet Benfica and Ajax are two all at the moment. Atleti and United are one all, as are Villarreal and Juve. So it'll be interesting to see who goes through, uh, who we hopefully will be uh, facing in the next round, which I think is the quarterfinals, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And right. they'll, they'll draw the quarters and the semis at the same same time, won't they, yeah. UEFA? <clears throat> yeah. I bet you we get a really difficult draw if we go through. Balls in the fridge? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, just in the nick of time, really, because my voice is absolutely about to give way. Uh, but that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, JK and I will be back with you on thir- Thursday. Thursday night. Not Friday night. Thursday night. Um, and it'll be at 8pm. Okay, not 7pm, 8pm, because I have a client that's late on a Thursday, as you all know, and I'm not available on a Friday because it's my dad's funeral. So uh, we'll be back on to look back at the Wednesday night match against Lille and, of course, to preview the FA Cup quarterfinal against Middlesbrough. And we'll be joined by Dean Mears and Liam Toomey from uh, The Athletic when I've actually bothered to tell both of them which will be quite soon, hopefully. Anyway, uh, the uh, we're, we're available as a podcast, as you know, on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other podcast distributors. If you want to uh, bung us a few quid because you, you're lovely, do it on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash ChelseaFanCast. Uh, of course, if you do that, you'll get a, a mini Kerry Dixon banner. And uh, also you'll get to be in our Discord group, which is great fun, actually. The people in Discord are brilliant. I love them all to pieces. It's great fun in there. So there you go. Send your emails to chelseafancast at gmail.com, of course, as you know, or social media, any channels that we have. Um, and you can follow us on Chelsea Fancast, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17, Marco and Mark Mina, Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A. So there you go. There are no excuses. Mark. Delightful to see you. Brilliant on the book. Brilliant on the the trust work you've been doing. It's it's been a joy to be uh, working with you recently on these things. Uh, a joy to be on tonight. Where Friday we were saying on the stall yesterday, Martin and Tony Glover were both there saying how cathartic Friday was. Tonight's just been a pure joy. You know, really sort of like enjoyed looking back at yesterday. You know, really important win. You know, good to talk about the book. Yeah. So just say a couple of things to people. Uh, either buy a CPO share, buy a book, it goes to a good cause. Or if you haven't yet and you still fancy doing it, register to do the sleep out or better still, sponsor someone that is because we're trying to make money for a brilliant organisation that is Stoll Veterans. Yeah, quite right too. And we might have one or two surprises on the night yet in the time we've got available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for that one. Uh, Marco, it's always an absolute sheer delight when whenever you come on the show. Um would you kind of limit me to what maybe one a month, which I think is very shrewd of you. Um, but it, but it, but it makes it all the better when we see you. And I, I, I kind of often have to remind myself that you are, in fact, actually it's funny enough. It's talking about the book tonight that, that made me think of it because uh, we've had you on the show now for almost its in entirety, actually, since I've been doing it. Cause the first time we got you on was the first summer we did it. And we got you on to talk about the third in your trilogy of books didn't we one man went to mo and all of that oh wow you remember that? that yeah going back a while <laughs> it is that's the first time we got you on so it's always lovely to see you mate because i consider you as one of the originals so there you go lovely to see you mate no no fantastic to be on uh always good to never a dull moment at the mighty chelsea fc but i think it's just great how you know there's quite often there's a lot of uh fractiousness and nastiness on online but uh, it's good to see everybody 
pulling together and uh, singing from the same hymn sheet um, at the moment. Absolutely right. I, I echo that completely. And uh, in fact, on that point, um, that's one of the <clears throat> the key things about what the trust is trying to make everybody aware. We've got to sing from the same song sheet. We've got to get those four key messages out there as, to as wide a public as we possibly can. Politicians, media, fellow supporters, you know, get the government to resolve this transparently and quickly. Protect the CPO at all costs. We need to get a golden share for what we're doing. And we need to focus on the future. And that future will be without Roman. We need to be drumming that message home. So if you're another podcast or a blogger or a big presence in the Chelsea community who is nutty enough to listen to this show, we need your help to do that. So get that message out because we'll win. We'll we'll get what we want if we do that. That's for sure. Uh, now, uh, finally, and uh, by no means last, the absolutely wonderful loon that is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. And now, of course, Chelsea published author as well. Yes, it's nice to have, have slipped in there, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, in, a, in a minute way. Thank you very much, Marco. Thank you. Um, but I've, um, uh, I've got uh, an idea for a, a book that I, I'd like to uh, have a go at writing. So I'll, I'll get round to that. But um, I don't know how long, who knows how long that will take me. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's on the horizon. Um, but yeah, um, joyous show to be on, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, well done, boys. Great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Echo that. And uh, I have to say that when Marco told me about your story, I haven't read it yet. I'm gonna, I can't wait because he told me about the story in your book and he said it's absolutely madly, it's just mental, basically. It's brilliant. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one, as I am all the others, all the great people that have written in there. Go and buy the book, people. You won't regret it, I can assure you. Right, thank you for listening, particularly those in Mixler. We love you all. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday night. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up Chelsea! Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.